With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti Amon Ray, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Also got Brother Rabana Noon with me this evening. Um, tonight we got a special guest for you this evening. Um, who was a pioneer in the metaphysical slash conscious community, who all of our listeners are very familiar with. Uh, tonight's special guest, we're going to have him for about an hour and 15 minutes tonight. Um, we have Dr. Phil Valentine with us this evening. Dr. Phil, are you there? Hold on one sec. Try to get one more. Brother Ravonna Noon, you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me try to get him on the line. He's trying to... Hold on one second, brother. Brother Ravana Noon, you can hear me, right? Yeah, okay, bro. I just uh, if you could just go ahead and uh, do an intro. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and try to click them over uh, through my phone. I'm I'm gonna have to hang up. You can just go ahead and continue talking until we get them on the line. All right. Um, basically, everybody, Ravana Noon. Uh, this show is the Awakening Universal Mind Show. I think we've been doing the show for over a year now. We deal with every topic that you can think about, from metaphysics, occultism, alchemy, uh, different aspects of all those. And more, we go into uh, many different facets, and uh, basically our show here is just set up for us to share our life experiences and what we've learned so that we could all uh, share with each other and grow in this this uh, spiritual journey. We, uh, Brother Beniti, myself, and uh, Brother Sargiti, we've been walking this path for many, many years. Myself, I've been walking for over 25 years, as well as Brother Beniti. We've done everything you can think of, from Nation of Islam, Five Percenter, Nawabian, Freemasonry, Shrinedom, Rosicrucian, uh, Yoruba, Lakumi, Santeria, Apollo, you name it. We've walked many of these different paths, uh, Kemetic, many of these different paths, all on the journey of self-mastery, which is basically where we... Uh, dedicate this show to is us learning how to master ourselves, how to grow uh, from within, and how to stop relying on external things that never really have existed, never will exist, but are simple constructs of your mind. And everything that you see in this world is basically a, a reality based upon your subconscious mind and reflects outward. So this is many of the things we deal with. Right now, Brother Beniti is trying to connect with 
uh, brother Dr. Phil Valentine. I guess we're having technical difficulties, which they tend to do this every so often on our shows. I don't know why, but I guess they feel like they want to mess with us sometimes. And it just so happens that it seems like they're doing it again tonight. So bear with us. We're going to try to get everything in order and everything in place uh, for tonight's guest and lecture speaker, Dr. Phil Valentine. Yes. Right, so you, you're on the show. All right, uh, Brother Petey, are you back? No, he's not back either yet. Greetings, brother. Uh, would Good. you like to introduce yourself or some of the listeners? I'm sure everybody's familiar with you, but there may be some who are not. Uh, so you can introduce yourself and let them know, you know, a little bit about what you're doing now. Um, who's that? My, uh, this that's Brother Ravana Noon. Yeah, that's Brother. I'm, I'm here, um, Dr. Valentine. That's Brother Ravana Noon, and this is Brother Benici. We're both here now. Oh, okay. Hey, how are you doing? Um, right. Sorry, I, I'm a little late. Things have been really backing up, very crazy, heavy. But uh, okay. my name is Dr. Dr. Philip Valentine. I am the uh, founder director of the Temple of the Human Spirit and the University of Commission Sciences Institute for Self-Mastery. I know it's kind of long, but uh, I am a doctor of naturopathic medicine. I am a doctor of hygienic science. I'm a doctor of metaphysics. I am an advanced, uh, advanced uh, I guess, student teacher as well as practitioner of hypnotherapy. I am a lecturer. I was called by my mentor a polymath, and I am a secured party creditor. Is there anything else that uh, anyone needs to know? <laughs> no, no problem. If you could, Dr. Valentine, I know, you, I know you're in the process right now as we speak of starting a new session with the school. Can you just kind of tell people how they can uh, register for the school, get information on the school? Can you kind of give them that information on the website? By all means, thank you very much. Uh, they can go to www. U-K-S-N-O-W dot O-R-G. Again, U-K-S-N-O-W dot O-R-G. Um, what we could do is uh, they could also call the number 800-847-1291. Again, 800-847-1291. And just leave their information, please, clearly, because uh, sometimes people tend to... I'm sorry, this, uh, I'm out and about, and I should be inside soon. That's but, okay. Um, please leave their message uh, and to make sure that they speak clearly and distinctly so that we can get right back to them. We are starting this Saturday with our next uh, session for the university. Uh, we are dealing with both metaphysical psychology and classical naturopathy. The metaphysical mm. psychology class is on Saturday, and the classical naturopathy classes are on Sunday. Uh, we are also uh, ongoing, which will start in September, our uh, homeschooling for children online. And we will also be teaching uh, people who need to develop and enhance their language skills. We do teach language skills and language enhancement uh, classes for people who wish to communicate uh, a little bit more efficiently. Okay. Um, now, uh, Dr. Valentine, are there cutoff dates for registration? Just so the listeners are aware, you have all that information on the website. Is there a cutoff um, well, the, date? Yeah. yeah, the cutoff date for the uh, regular prices without the addition or the uh, so the attachment of 
the I guess the overage fee that the right. women attach or get to was the mm-hmm. first of July. But we do have a late session of for the de- for the development or for the um, uh, for registration. Uh, we go into the following two weeks. So going into August, people who wish to uh, start, sign up for the late session after this weekend are free to do so. We will send them the classes because the classes are recorded, and those who do join uh, on the late session will receive the first class. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. So what we wanted to discuss with you tonight, Dr. Valentine, we kind of want to get into um, reprogramming the subconscious mind. And and the reason why we kind of wanted to touch a little bit on that, um, it seems like over the years we we have, uh, including yourself, many great elders, scholars, teachers, um, you know, we feel like there's enough of information up until this point that we should be taking it to that next level or that next stage. Now, there's a lot going on in the news. We, we, we see a lot of things where people's, you know, emotions are, are being played on. We see a lot of racial incidences that are, that are taking place, which I believe is just now with all social media and cameras, this stuff has always been going on. It's nothing new. But the thing that I wanted to kind of discuss was with all the information we have over the years, there's still people, we, we have the history. We, we know what the problems are, but nobody's really – there's very few and far beyond coming with the solutions to some of these problems. Um, so what we talk, we've been talking about here is can you elaborate how can one reprogram the subconscious mind so we can eliminate all the poison and, and all the junk that we've been taught? Because everybody claims to have the truth, but we see some of it as fragments of the truth. Can you kind of elaborate on that from a metaphysical aspect? Well, by all means, we have been... Uh an institution that deals with proactive metaphysics. We don't just speak on it. A lot of people think that metaphysics is just kind of grinding your intellectual wheels and kind of feeling good about yourself to know that you are a God being and, you know, I am this and I am this. This is just kind of a narcissistic look, people looking in the mirror and seeing God and goddesses and all that. That's okay. But we have established a university. We have been at the forefront of teaching people how to heal themselves. We, I have personally 36 godchildren uh, based upon my teaching the sisters who doctors said could not have children, how right. to have a child and how to deal from that. I have been at the forefront of getting vaccination exemption packages since 1983 out to our right. people. In fact, I was the first in the country to do that in the black community. So right. it isn't that that metaphysics is, is simply about us, uh, you know, talking about spirituality, dealing with spirituality in a kind of mundane manner, in a kind of just, you know, articulating and bouncing it off of each other and, and, and in some kind of feel-good uh, matrix that we set for ourselves. In fact, we kind of insulate ourselves around how great we say we are. Right. And we don't go any further with what we say that we are, we just completely talk about it. And that's what Facebook does. It just pretty much puts us into, you know, just puts, it, clicks our, it clicks our motor into neutral, and then we just gun the gas. There's a lot of noise, but we ain't going nowhere. Right. You know, so, but what we do is every now and then I would step in, drop uh, a, a couple of uh, pieces of science on them, and try to draw them into actually using the information to apply as a proactive measure, as a proactive uh, tool 
in order to better themselves, to actually see that. So we do, we teach people how to become independent through a particular medium of promoting health, like joining and taking Juice Plus, for example. Uh, what it is is you're not pushing a product. The reason why it's, I spoke on this and, and then I'm promoting Juice Plus is because I studied it for a year to make sure that the, the benefits were everything that they said it was. And then during that time, I found out that the brother who actually created the formula was one of my old herbal teachers when wow. John Hapsa and I took his class. His name was Umbat Satya from out of South America. And okay. um, he, this brother, he put together the formula of, um, of how to prepare the fruits, vegetables, and berries because he too was a, uh, a vegan, vegetarian, and he was also a, which is most important, he was a hygienic scientist. And hygiene, right. hygienic science is the most advanced form of natural healing than any of the others that are out there. I mean, they're naturopathic formulas, naturopathic ways of doing things, but hygienic science is the philosophy of right. natural healing that is far in advance of any of the other philosophies. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad you said that about actually applying the information because one thing I see, and it's it, it's not it's not to knock anybody. There's so much stuff out there. You know, the debate circuit is big now, which personally me, not a huge fan of it. Only in the sense, not not because I mean it, it's it's a great thing that melanated people are getting together, dialoguing. But the only issue sometimes I have with that is what's the eventual outcome of it because I just see it as back and forth. You know, but what, what what is the outcome we get in this? And the problem that reason why I bring that up, and and it kind of ties into what you said. Uh, some of us have what, what what we call the living back in the day syndrome. You kind of just clarified that. Like I said, we could sit around all day and talk about how great we were in Egypt, but if we're not updating updating the information and bringing it in today, um, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, it's kind of pointless. It's it's useless. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if we could if we could elaborate. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit also about uh, neuromelanin. I wanted to get your take on this because we had a discussion about this on the show. Uh, some researchers, we, we had Dr. Jewel Pukram on the show a while back, and she, she referred to it. I wanted to get your take on this. Um, she referred to the, the origin of neuromelanin as it's in the brain being a manifestation of the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little on that? Yes. Uh, neuromelanin is essentially... How are you doing, brother? The neuromelanin is actually the centerpiece of the creator's interface with us here in the physical flesh. Now, if you want to get deeply metaphysical, you'd have to understand that when we speak about uh, the neuromelanin, or when we speak about melanin in itself, that you're speaking about the way that the intelligence of the hydrogen molecule and the hydrogen atom how hydrogen, which is the singular uh, atom, as spoken by Dr. Gabriel Oyibo, hydrogen right. atom is the, is, the, is the actual expression of the one as the one. And what happens is melanin is the expression, the, in, the expression of the intelligence of the hydrogen. So right. melanin is not, and, I, and you've heard me say this for you know, decades, Melanin is not a molecule. It right. is not a. Um, it is not a. Uh, what do you call those uh, electromagnetic uh, particle or 
it's not any of the things that they're describing because those are simply the surfaced uh, reflections, the surfaced examples, or the surfaced expression of the intelligence of melanin. Melanin right. itself is, is an intelligence. And when we see that, it is the electromagnetism of the, of the, of, of the, of the mind Patrick, of the creator expressing yes. itself as the intelligence through the atom of what we call the hydrogen atom. So melanin is an intelligence that is the darkness expressing itself through the light. Whereas the light came from the darkness, the light had to reinvaginate itself into the darkness to be able to express itself in the physical flesh, in the form. Right. So in so doing, yes, it not only encompasses the electromagnetic spectrum, but the gravitational spectrum as well, though there's no such thing as gravity. It's a game that they're playing with your head. Uh, right. There are certain things that we have to come into the understanding of that has the um, uh, that uh, that melanin is beyond just a uh, a, a thing that you examine under the microscope, and we have right. to stop fragmenting and particularizing, for want of a better word, uh, nature. Okay, right. that is the Western dynamic. It fragments things into its smallest through reductionism, and this reductionist mentality is what we have done to life. And through this reductionist mentality, we have sacrificed our ability to interface with totality, with wholeness, with oneness. So right. if, if you understand what I'm saying, you'll see that to describe melanin is one thing, but to define it is another. And right. most of science describes melanin. It describes life. It just scratches on the surface of what life expresses itself as. It doesn't define it. Right. Appreciate that. All right, I'm, I'm going to bring in my brother, Sargidi, in a second. And um, well, Again, if you, we've got a lot of people that tuning in. We have, we have Dr. Phil Valentine with us till about 9.15. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll take your calls, some of your questions. We'll, we'll get to as many as we can. We will not be able to get to all of you this evening. So just be patient. If you have questions and you're listening online, type the questions in, and we'll forward those over to Dr. Valentine. Um, and I have views lined up in the call queue. If you're just on there by state, I just see your state, and I'll call you by state. Uh, brother Sargidi, I know you're there, brother. Uh, I know you got a question for Dr. Valentine. Go ahead, brother. Yes, uh, peace, Dr. Valentine. Okay. I have a question as far as the the uh the the Orisha system, how does that relate? Or, or does it have does the Orisha system have relation to the chakra system? <laughs> well, again, we're micromanaging our collective sciences here. You have to understand that the Orisha system is essentially the universal, it's the cosmic system. So all systems dealing with the chakra can be enumerated that way. You can deal with the Shiva system. You can deal with the Buddhistic system. Everything that deals with your higher spirituality deals with the chakra system. Anything having to do with naming uh, Oya, uh, Oludamare, uh, you know, Ogun, or even Unkulunkulu from down in uh, the Congo. Everything you're dealing with is the way that God expresses itself through the mind and through the words of man. So the description of what you're seeing is actually the way that God expresses itself to those who actually... 
I'm sorry, I'm hearing an echo and a feedback. Is that yeah. me or is that someone else? No, that might be you, Dr. Beck. Can you hear us? Okay, I can hear you, definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is that uh, it, what it is is that I, I say to my students that everywhere around the planet, the, the creator whispers its name and its purpose to those who live long enough within that environment, which is why when the European came and destroyed cultures and ripped out the name and sound, vibration, and frequency that the people there called God, that was the harmonizing energies. Those were the harmonizing cult What cultures learned through the music they sang and played was based upon the inspiration of what was given to them from higher sources as the balancing factor for them to play, to sing, to say, do things within that environment to maintain the harmony of the planet. But mm. when the white man came and changed the name of Oludamare uh, uh, or Ogun or changed the name of Yamanya to Jesus Christ, there was no more frequencies, no more sounds being given the necessary uh, intonement and tonality to keep the balance in that frequency. So everything went haywire. Everything went crazy. You have to understand and notice that every time a society is conquered or destroyed, they destroy God or they destroy the name of God or they destroy the God that ruled in that area. So God, again, like I say, most people say man, God creates man. I say man creates God in his image. Mm. Very important. And, and, and to touch on that, Dr. Valentine, you just said something very, very critical and dealing with the minds. And, and when we talk about a lot of these deities in different cultures, uh, be it the Orishi, if we talk about the, the Egyptian, the Tiru, um, I think some people try to, like you said, to trivialize it. They make some of this very literal. Now, can you touch on, before we, then we're going to go to the phone and take some questions for you, can you touch on the aspect that a lot of these deities, when if we're talking about the chakras dealing with the mind, they're actually archetypes or, or represent energy forces that exist within us, exist within our DNA. Like you say, nothing exists outside of us. Can you elaborate? Because sometimes people literally take these deities as if they were physical beings, and then they venerate them, and they're worshipped in a sense, kind of taking us back to religion. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that? Well, let's, let's, let's understand the fact that we as a culture, a high culture, reaching its highest culture in ancient Kemet, Right. We as a culture never dissociated ourselves from nature the way the European man did. Nature was hostile to him. So right. his coming into self was essentially a battle against nature. Ours was a relationship with nature. So right. instead of us neutering that which we were actually analyzing and giving it these uh, Greek names that had no real bearing on what the thing was, the personality of the thing. Right. This was based upon a certain type of analysis that I speak upon. This is what I call impositional analysis. This is what the white man does. He creates right. situations around impositional analysis. In other words, he imposes what he believes he sees and names the thing based upon his own limited calcified pineal's interpretation of the thing. Okay. So what you're, do, what you're looking at in everything in science is a neutering and a fragmenting and fractionalizing of reality 
into these component parts so that he could barcode it and own it. Right. Now, your man, your people, our people, we looked at the thing, and instead of us imposing a name upon it, we would observe it and wait for the thing to name itself. So Correct. in anthropomorphizing these forces, we showed that we and the force were one, that we are not separate from the thing that we are analyzing, and right. that we can name the thing and give the thing a face because the thing is essentially us. We are that which we are projecting outward as our world. And our ancestors understood this. And it's only now that the European man, after coming into conjunction with, the, with the, his children, of course, coming right. into conjunction with the cultures that his parents and foreparents have just so wantonly destroyed and, and completely eviscerated, it is right. only now that he's beginning to put the pieces back together. But, of course, he's painting those pieces white. He is right. definitely taking the faces of those people who, who his, his parents have ripped off and he is actually putting it into his own image and likeness. Well, of right. course, that's what he was going to do anyway, because he does not know what God looks like. And if God looks black to him, that is the most frightening damn thing he would ever want to come into face with. <laughs> if you think he's psychotic now, he would have a total breakdown. <laughs> that's right. And, and, and having said what you just said, Dr. Valentine, so when we have uh, melanated people calling upon and all these very poor translations, incorrect names, like you say, as, as the European has watered down a lot of these cultures and these systems. Unfortunately, a lot of our people today are, are calling upon these incorrect names. Now, when we go outside of ourselves, for example, in Emerald Tablets of Tahuti, it says when, when a human names a god, they create another god. So this mm -hmm. is kind of, kind, of, kind of this system. So when mm -hmm. we as melanated people are calling upon uh, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Allah, all the, all the incorrect names, are we accessing energy forces that's adverse to our DNA and our nature, and is that working against us and especially our neuromelanin? Indeed, it is not harmonizing with what it is that was given to us organically. It was imposed upon us, and that, again, is something that we have to take a real serious look at, that the name of God that we create or is created for us to be uh, intoning is empowering the one who gave us the name. Well, right. you know, Jesus, when we came in there, there was a Genesis, which the Druids had introduced, the black Druids had introduced into Northern Europe. But that right. was Genesis. Just like mm. those who brought the word when Constantine took the name Christos and Hesus and put it together to name it Jesus Christ. Right. So we, what, what I'm looking to, 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 to enunciate and to give to the people is to understand that any time you name God, you limit it. Right. Any name for God limits God because that which is eternal and infinite cannot be limited by, or at least be articulated or circumscribed by a limited mind. Right. Therefore, the only thing you could do is limit the forces that expresses itself or express themselves to you. So that's what the Orishas are. That is what the Necheru right. are. These are right. what we, in our limited purview of perception, can now articulate as aspects of the Creator that we can interface and communicate with the Creator through. These are what right. we call the, the Ochaimi. The Ochaimi is the one that speaks for you. And in this case, the Orishas are the Ochaimi of the Creator.
Mm, okay. Okay. Good point. Uh, we're going to take some questions for you, Dr. Valentine. Uh, again, if you're just tuning in, we got a bunch as you're tuning in. Um, we'll, we'll try our best. We're not going to be able to get to all of you this evening. We had Dr. Valentine with us till about 9.15, so we'll take your questions. Uh, we're just going to go in order. Um, I see you already. We, we have the ones typed online. I'm going to go to the phone first, so I will rotate back and forth from the phone to online questions. First call we got is from Northern Middle Tennessee. You're on the call. Go ahead, Northern Middle Tennessee. Can you hear me, Tennessee? Greetings, everybody. Greetings, sister. You're on the call. You got a question for Dr. Valentine. Go ahead. I'm just listening in. I just got off work, and I have not gotten to my notebook yet. So if you could circle back to me, I have a bunch of questions. All right. I'll I'll go back through the cycle. We'll try to get back to you before we leave there. Appreciate you listening in. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I got a question uh, from online for you, Dr. Valentine. Again, I'm just reading it as it's typed in. So this is coming from online from a listener named Siku. If I'm saying the name right, I'm not sure if I pronounced it right. Uh, the question to you is, Dr. Valentine, can you speak on the process of spiritually awakening after one's kundalini, kundalini has been, or kundalini, depending on how you want to pronounce it, has been raised? Well, the raising of the kundalini, which is dangerous to those who are not prepared for it, raising right. of the kundalini is, is actually the uh, ultimate way that you can interface your uh, mechanism, your biomechanism, uh, with that creator or with that aspect of the creator that you have the ability to interface with. Uh, right. r- rising of Kundalini is not uh, the ultimate step, but it is the first step. It is just simply you uh, dialing in or finding out the right area code or understanding right. the right password in order for you to be able to interface with with that aspect of the universe that gives you an, a, a, a sensual experience of the totality of yourself. It is right. actually a, a melting away of the parameters of your, your limitations. In other words, you can know that you have limitations because your skin is what was created around you to limit the information and, and, the, and, the, and the mechanisms that keep you in a sensual space so that you can actually navigate this third density. When you raise Kundalini, when you raise yourself to another level of perception, then those barriers, those limitations, those parameters of limitations melt away. Though you are still in your skin, though you are still there, it is your allowance, you are being allowed to go outside of the limitations that you have placed on yourself in order to have an experience in this density. Mm, okay. Uh, so, Siku, I hope that answered your question. Uh, we appreciate the question. And, and speaking on that, Dr. Valentine, when we deal with energy and raising up the Kundalini, and I think getting past the byproduct, we get a, we get a lot of people sometimes when, when to shift into another subject and dealing with energy or dealing with karma, and we had this discussion last week, sometimes kind of turn, people sometimes kind of turn karma into a religious concept as if you're going to be punished because they're not really understanding how that spiritual energy works. Now, even when you get into the seven principles of Tahuti and dealing with the adoption of vibration, um, these are just different manifestations or, or degrees of energy. There's really no such thing as good or bad. When dealing with that doctrine of vibration, can we, can we kind of elaborate a little bit on that just to clarify that? Indeed. One of the 
church that I had the privilege of sitting at the feet at was a man named Jiddu Krishnamurti. And when mm. asked the question about karma, he said karma is a choice. Right. Therefore, if karma is a choice, then everything that we do, even when we take on the body, is based upon a choice. And even though we, in our interpretations, like you say, of good and bad, or what is evil and good, and so forth, even our interpretations of what our physical senses analyzes as good and bad, and we know what is the difference between harmony and disharmony, and we understand the difference between pain and joy. These are the fact that we live on the realm of polarity. Mm. We have to know that one has to follow the other. So if you come into the realm of polarity, into the realm of correspondence, into the realm of cause and effect, you are going to be definitely participating in what we call karma. But karma is simply the template. It is simply the actual instructions. It is the contract. Dharma is the work. So it is dharma that essentially uh, shows you. What dharma have you created? What dharma have you set for yourself in lieu of the karma that you have come back to rectify? And this is, karma is nothing more than a blueprint that leads you back to Ma'at. Appreciate that. All right, let's go to back to the phones. Uh, we got Infinity Goddess on the phone from Houston, Texas. Go ahead, Infinity Goddess. You're on the call. Peace, Dr. Valentine. Peace. Sister. My question is, um, what are your thoughts on CERN? <laughs> well, I tell you I what, I told, I, <laughs> yeah, I told my, my, my students, I am not concerned about any of that. This is the... <laughs> This is the Europeans' way of trying to emulate what melanin does, and that mm. is to trip, to trip the, the boundaries of third density and to try to participate in fourth and fifth density where the drums, our dance, our melanin thing takes us, to be able to communicate with the other side, to be able to go through portholes, to find an escape route out of his limit his calcified pineal gland. So he is experimenting on ways to create in artificial form what melanin does in organic form. That's why you see most of the movies today are all about exoskeleton technology. It's all about enhancing his limitations. And while he is doing that, of course, he's doing his best to make sure that he enhances your limitations while he is trying to get rid of his. So what you are looking at, essentially, with CERN, is a way to get past what he calls the speed of light, speed Mm. of light and the speed of vibration, which is the speed of uh, what we call creation, because I have uh, part of my book, Cosmic Codex, is uh, one of the subtitles is understanding or overstanding the velocities of being. And being is made up of several interfaced and interlacing velocities of particles and mind. And where mind is attenuated, where mind is uh, uh, lessening in its vibration and frequency, that's where you start getting more and more dense, which is where we are. 
in third density. This is where separation or the illusion of separation exists because this is where the creator has created the school for self-knowledge. And that is, this is where it teaches itself through mm. us. Mm. Very, very important. Any other questions for Dr. Valentine, sister? One quick question in terms sure. of with the planet increasing in vibration, how close are we to uh, the masses, like it being revealed to the masses about who we really are, like everything that they've tried to hide from us for, you know, since we've been on the planet, how, how close are we to that Well, we already, we're, we're already there. Yeah. Okay. I I would think that um, there are shows like this one happening mm-hmm. not just here but all around the planet. That's the danger that these who are the Indian elite, what I call the parasitic elite, that's the danger that they know they face is an aware planet. And once we begin to find out that we're not on a planet, we're on a little plan, but we're more on a plane of existence rather than a planet, and that we are not really what we say we are. We are not a cycle around anything. We are not, uh, you know, um, hurtling through space the way they say hurtling through space. Uh, we are essentially in a stationary mass dealing with what we've been dealing. And I've been, you know, showing people different versions of it. Uh, in Hidden Colors 4, I'm going to hint upon it. And, of course, I don't want people to think that I'm completely out of my mind. So I'm going to allow the information to um, to kind of marinate until it is an acceptable thing with our people because a lot of times when I've introduced things, it turns into an argument rather than a discussion. And I right. don't introduce too many things to, to the outside um, family uh, that I do introduce to my, my fellow brothers and sisters who come to our university. Okay. Appreciate that, Dr. Valentine. Anything else, uh, sister, for Dr. Valentine? That's all. I appreciate you answering those questions. Peace and love. All right. Peace and love. Well, Thanks so. for listening. And that's a, that's a good point, Dr. Valentine, that you shared. And, and this is not directed to the sister that, that just was on the call. But that's that's where I'm, I, I kind of get stuck in dealing with people. Like the sister said, I know she was asking in the generalization, but when people are saying, when is it going to happen? Like, like you said, it's been happening. And I think what's happening is, is people, with all the stuff that's going on in the news, and we keep telling people you're, you're either part of the experiment or you're controlling the experiment. But all this stuff that's going on on the news, like CERN, over the last several months, which they've tried it several times and they failed, um, the other thing we get, and, and, and like you said, it really has nothing to do with us in the sense that we're preparing ourselves. But psychologically and from a trauma perspective on the human mind, like I was mentioned in the beginning of the show, there, there's another shooting today in Tennessee, um, is, is there a force, or, or are they trying to get a reaction out of us? Now, you said when someone's pineal gland is calcified, they tend to become reactionary. Now, is there, an, is there a specific intent? Are they targeting melanated people to get a reaction out of us to bring in martial law? Because it seems like somebody is, is, is trying to get us to react physically off a of raw emotion. Can, can you elaborate on or give us your take on what you're saying on that? I think we lost Dr. Valentine. We'll see if he yeah, we look. He got disconnected. We'll see if we can get him back in. His phone got disconnected. But again, that that uh question that the sister asked is a, is a very good question because we we get that quite frequently 
and, and, and I'm glad it shed some light on that because we got we got to realize we we living in the now. We're dealing we're dealing with the now, and you know the past is gone. The future is not guaranteed. And like you've heard us talk about on the show in the past, sometimes our, our people have a have a syndrome of being stuck in the past or living in the past. And and what we were discussing earlier, um, we can walk around all day and talk about how great we were in Egypt. That that's great. We we can put on the you know the clothing and 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 all the the trimmings and the costumes that come with it. But at the end of the day, the purpose of this show is to teach people to put in the work and apply the work and and take the information. Um, as you heard us say many times here before, um, I think we got him back. Hold on. Hello, Dr. Valentine. Can you hear us? Dr. Valentine, can you hear us? Yes, greetings. Okay, I'm sorry. We lost you. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if you – I know you got lost in the middle of the question, so I'm not sure what you heard. If you can tell me, I'll kind of pick up from there. Why don't you repeat the question? I, I don't okay. think I heard all of it. All right. What I was saying, and I'm glad you were just touching on that, uh, it was kind of piggybacking on the last uh, sister's question, um, and you kind of – I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on it. People always asking, and this is not directly to her, this is just in general, people always asking, like, when is that change going to happen? And like you said, it's, it's been happening. It's constantly happening. It's something that starts with inside yourself. The question that I wanted you to elaborate on, in dealing with trauma on the subconscious mind, when we're talking about all these things in the news, uh, CERN, like the sister just brought up CERN, all the things that the European is doing, um, we always say on this show, you're either part of the experiment or you're controlling the experiment. Now, technically, if you're preparing yourself, these things don't really apply to us in the sense of how it should affect our spirituality. We're supposed to just take that information and process it. The question I have for you, um, again, today, another shooting in Tennessee. Is there a targeted effort with all these police shootings, all these racial events, is somebody intently targeting melanated people to get a reaction out of them? And is somebody trying to bring in martial law? Are they trying to get us to revolt? Because it seems like some people are taking it as that. And how, how, what is your take on that? Or how, do you, how are you perceiving that, what, what's been going on? Well, you, you have to see that there is a dynamic change taking place. Uh, for instance, Jade Helm. Uh, in preparation for a massive uh, earthquake that may take place off of the North and Pacific coast right. of the uh, United States. And also the fact that Jade Helm, being actually a, uh, a test run of artificial intelligence. In right. fact, Jade Helm was not run by any, uh, by any uh, organic general or staff of, of, of army personnel. It was run by a computer that had human engrams and, okay. uh, and um, uh, human uh, ganglia that was connected okay. to. And so what we had was actually a cyborg running Jade Helm too. Mm. Okay. And so what, we, what they wanted to do was to eliminate the human factor, eliminate the fact that there may be a moral um, some moral uh, guidelines in that general's mind. And those who are controlling that particular computer says this is what must be done, then there is this moralistic uh, uh, factor that they wanted erased and taken away. So Jade Helm is actually the introduction of the cold uh, calculating 
articulating computer that has the mind and the ability to think and to override and to make up its own, quote, mind and to implement orders based upon what the order was that they said would be the order. In other words, only 500 million people on the planet would be the ideal. So Jane right. Helm, too, is a, is a way of uh, enhancing uh, or at least advancing towards Agenda 21. Okay. And, uh, and um, you know, 2000, uh, what we had uh, that Carter had put into play. So right. we, we, do have, we do have some uh, control over that because uh, if it's a machine, there are still weak points. But know that the killing of our people is not new. It's just the fact that everybody now has a camera. Mm. And what looks like it's happening every day has That's been right. happening every day. It's just right. technology is simply bringing what would have come to us three or four days later or maybe a week right. or a month later. It's bringing right. it to us immediately now. Right. So what we are now looking at is the, the, what we teach at our university is coming into a place called the isness of being, not the was right. or what could be, but to come into right. the isness of being. And technology is trying to circumvent that place where the mind is so that it can take that particular uh, stage of development that you would reach for self and right. co-opt it. Right. Co-opt that place where you can make a clear decision for yourself, co-opt right. it so that you now must follow suit what they have planned for us. All right. Appreciate that. All right, I'm going to go back to the phones, Dr. Valentine. We're going to take a caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. You're on the call. Can you hear me? Southeast Pennsylvania? Hello? Southeast Pennsylvania, you're on the call. If your phones are muted, you have to unmute it. We won't be able to hear you if you got your phone muted. I'm going to give you one more, one more opportunity. Southeast Pennsylvania, can you hear me? All right. Can't get through to that caller. All right, we're going to go back to online question. Uh, and again, Dr. Valentine, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, what if any effect or correlation do, do star systems like Arcturus and Cyrus, or Cirrus, depending on how you pronounce it, have on our consciousness and spirituality? Everything is light. So if there is light around us in the form of stars, which are actually holding programs, and these programs are being broadcast just like a, uh, a voice is being broadcast through fiber optics and, and pictures, it's the same thing. What your stars right. are are celestial fiber optics. And what mm -hmm. they're doing is broadcasting information to you, and they are giving you, or at least they have placed you in a position where wherever you are in proximity to those stars, you are getting the intensity or the density of, of information, which I called about 30, 40 years ago, I called it light code transmissions. Mm, and these light right. code transmissions essentially are, uh, they are alignment frequencies. Okay. And what they do is just, uh, and the thing is, the planet itself or the plane of existence that we are living on essentially is being fed that just like a motherboard. And it's being right. fed light codes so that the food you eat, and this is why it was necessary to disrupt our food chain, because mm -hmm. the food is a form of communication, as I've always said, 
eating is a form of communication. It's the way that we stay in contact with Nature Mother because the food she feeds us is based upon how she has aligned herself to the frequencies that come from above through the sun, which is essentially another program module. So here we are inside of what is called a Merkaba. We're inside Mm -hmm. of this hologram. And in this hologram, we are carrying out a program that essentially is a feedback mechanism for the, uh, I guess, the enjoyment and the experience of the creator. Remember, as one, being that the creator is one and only one thing, it cannot know itself outside of itself. There is no outside to the creator. Right. There is only inside. So all creation is actually a process of negation. It Mm. is always a process of condensation and negation. So in that negation process, the wound was created. The aspect of the feminine came into being, which became matter. <clears throat> so people say, what's the matter? Well, matter is essentially where it is that the creator goes to school and learns of itself through our experiencing of ourselves. And the beauty of it is that the individual modules that are the feedback mechanisms, which is us, the individual modules feeding back its experiences always have their individuality and will never lose that though they can come into the feeling of oneness. And that's right. what we've done. But right. here we are. We have, been, we have been ostracized. We have been kidnapped. Uh, there is a legend that a god by the name of Anu has created an alternate universe. And we right. are living that alternate universe and that we are actually <laughs> feeding that entity by our Correct. pain and our suffering. Correct. And most people don't know that. And there are those who come back try to tell our people that they are in an illusion and that we are, based on our pain and our acceptance of pain and suffering, we are actually feeding that illusion. Right. And, and that's why I said earlier, because when you, when you talk to melanated people all across the world, one thing I'm finding in this, in this day and time, and you mentioned Anu or you could deal with the Anunnaki or the Sumerian culture, it just seems like our people tend to pick a culture that they like and then they gravitate towards it, and then they kind of turn this into a religion. And my whole point being is we're talking about spirituality, metaphysics, and we know all exists within the mind. That's the first principle of Tehuti, using that as as an example. If we have these higher sciences to raise our vibrations and our frequencies up, and if we speed up our vibrations and frequencies and get in tune with the higher self and travel to astral realms, I always have this discussion with my, my, my militant brothers because then there's a, there's a portion of our people that feel like they want to, you know, take it to the streets and go to war. My thing is you can't, you can't go to a, a gun battle with a butter knife. So how we recruit, because I think it's a dangerous thing. If, if we go out there and retaliate physically, we're not having the mental aspect of it and the spiritual aspect. Is that not self-suicide? Well, it could be, but then there's a certain point where the fear of the people takes over. The more you see them militarize, uh, the more the parasites militarize, the more fear they're showing of the people. Okay, right. because they're coming, they're, they're being brought to bear. They're, you know, they're, they're lifting up their skirts. We see what's underneath. We know what's right. going on. The, the wizard can no longer hide behind the curtain. Right, what right. Is the, the truth of the matter is, that all revolutions happen as a spark based upon the people moving in mass. There's right. no revolution that starts from the top down. It always right. starts from the bottom up. So those brothers who are the militants, I say, it's all right. If that's what you have been tasked in your heart to do, 
then don't just right. talk about militancy. Don't just keep waving the red, black, and green flag. Anytime you see any of these cave maggots flying through your community with a Confederate flag, which is actually nothing more than the cross of St. Andrew, which is That's nothing right. more than an astrological cross. That's right. That cross has been turned into something that is relative to a sickness called white supremacy, then what you need to do is attack that, if you're going to be what you say you are, rip that flag down, and not just throw bottles at it. You, and I said this because somebody sent me a post on Facebook showing me that there was at least three or four trucks that was flying through a black neighborhood with the Confederate flag. Now, I asked the brothers, we are shooting one another in the streets. That's right. And all you could do is toss a bottle at that truck? <laughs> See, that's that's my whole point, Dr. Valentine. It seems like there's a mental play on emotions because with all these racial incidences, these cop shootings, uh, innocent, melanated black males being attacked, um, then when you see, for an example, like you said, black-on-black crime, I don't see Al Sharpton, NAACP, Rainbow Coalition. When a young black brother kills one black brother, nobody shows up because there's no money to be made in there. Mm-hmm. But when as soon as there's a racial incident that takes place, my thing is people are so emotionally drawn into this stuff, it seems like there's an intent to get a reaction out of us. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I bring up the militancy thing, my thing is, like you said, if, if, if you're militant, I'm tired of talking about it and hearing about it. Like, yeah. if that's your choice, do it. Because, mm-hmm. like, marching and protesting to me is a waste of time. It's garbage. It doesn't accomplish nothing. And as soon as the march and the protest is over, we're back to the same old stuff. So Indeed. I'm glad I'm glad you touched on that. Uh, I'm going to take a couple more calls for you, Dr. Valentine. I know we've got about 15, okay. 20 minutes. Um, okay. I'm gonna go back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the phone. So let me take a couple more calls for you. Um, let me go to... Texas, you're on a call. It just says Texas. Can you hear me? Hello, Texas, you're on a call. Again, if your phone is muted, you have to unmute it. We can't hear you if you don't unmute it. Can you hear me, Texas? One more time. I'm going to go to another call. All right. I'm not sure if they're playing with the phones. Uh, I'm going to go back to, to the sister in Tennessee. You're on, the, you're on the call again, sister, Tennessee. Can you hear me, sis? Yes, I can hear you. All right, we're back. We we're going right through the to the roll again. You're back on. If you got some questions, go ahead. Yes, greetings, everyone. Greetings. Greetings. I wanted to. Um, this is a little bit off the topic. But That's I okay. To um, kind of get some guidance on the uh, triquetra, the symbol, um, in Christianity, it it was meant to represent the Trinity. And um, it often uh, emphasizes the unity of the three parts. Um, can you give me a little bit more, of more information on how that relates to us as an ancient people? What, what is it that she said? I'm sorry, she broke up to me. What sister, is it? Can you repeat? Sure, well, I'll get her to repeat it. Uh, sis, can you repeat the question no, again? No. I hear you more clearly than I hear her. So can okay. you repeat what she said? I couldn't. Hey. I, I got it. I kind of got a little distortion, too, so I'm going to have her repeat the question again. Mm-hmm. Go All ahead, right. sis. If you can say it again. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good now. Um, the symbol of the triquetra, it's spelled T-R-I-Q-U-E-T-R-A. I mean, this is a little bit off the topic. Um, that symbol um, is usually is 
um, sometimes used in Christianity um, to represent the Trinity. And I wanted okay. to know how does that relate to um, who we were as a people before it became um, modernized? Uh, well, anything dealing with tri is dealing with three. And as far as the triquetra you said, is T-R-I what? Q-U-E-T-R-A. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I have it in my mind. You're talking about the triquetra. That, they use that essentially as a symbol uh, to represent Saturn as well. Mm. So um, uh, what you're doing, uh, you have to look at the fact that any interweaving of the three and the one and the one and the three is mm -hmm. essentially breaking down the trinity, which is uh, on the physical realm, uh, there is a masculine, a feminine, and a result from the joining of the two. Mm -hmm. So in, in looking at that principle, a lot of times people get uh, confused when they see just simply a representation of the comedic uh, principle of God as uh, uh, Oshun, I mean, I'm so sure, but for sure, you understand what I'm saying. That's at the root. But um, as as asked or, or set with the baby sitting on her lap, um, mm. they see that. But you never really see the masculine principle of God being represent being represented. Right. That's because that's invisible, and the the what you're looking at is also a, a kabbalistic symbol of Kepha, Hakma, and 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 Bina. In, in that in that tetrad, uh, in that uh, triad. So in, in looking at the principles of the trial, the three and one and one and the three, you usually just see the two, which is what is the, the, the illusion. But the third integer is usually the father, and the father is always invisible. Cause is always invisible. Effect is always visible. So when you're looking at the three and one and the one and three, you're looking at the dynamic of continuation. You're looking at the dynamic of the joining of the two forces, yin and yang, masculine and feminine, to create the third, uh, which then repeats the process. So what you're looking at is the interplay of forces where the yin forces and the yang forces come together and they dynamically create an aspect of themselves that have both aspects but then represents one in the two again. So um, I, I can't really explain this without giving you preliminary pieces to the puzzle because mm. all I can say to you is that this is a Kabbalistic symbol. Uh, it is also a symbol dealing with uh, Saturn because Saturn was actually the first god of, the, of, the, uh, of, of Islam. It was the god of Islam. It's the god of, um, of, of Judaism, and it's the god of Christianity. Most people don't know that. That's the mm. first God. And we are, when we talk about Saturn, we're talking about Satan, we're talking about Satur, uh, everything having to do with the ring, uh, the kissing of the ring of the Pope is kissing of the ring or uh, homage to the rings of Saturn, uh, the movie that you're dealing with, Lord of the Rings. Uh, the name of the high uh, evil one was Sauron, which is, again, another part of Saturn. So what you're dealing with is an ancient... Uh, Babylonian, Hebraic um, a type of mixture and bringing together of this. They say this is a new sign and it's somehow a sign that is uh, kind of the ones that used by the New Age, but you could find it up as a Celtic symbol 
as well up in the northern parts of Scotland and areas uh, north in Europe. Appreciate that. Any, any other yeah. questions, sir? Yeah. Any other questions? Just one more. Sure, go how, ahead. What, how do you, how would you explain using that same symbol in relation to the Fibonacci symbol and how it plays in our lives, um, in our anatomy, um, in this universe? How, how would you explain the difference of the two in relation to who we are as a people, nature, earth? And so on. Yeah, well, you know, it's it, that particular symbol, uh, the triquetra, is actually, you know, the wound. It, it deals with the physical pieces as well. And um, again, what you're looking for is uh, how that symbol plays out as a living aspect, a living factor in us. All symbols are representative of how energies work. All symbols are based upon what is observable of what we call God. And it, that symbol that you're looking at, the symbol that you're speaking about, which is a Kabbalistic symbol for, uh, you know, the womb, uh, the, as well as the, you know, the feminine principle, uh, the principle of the, the woman who has grown old with wisdom, uh, just like you see the three aspects of the of moon cycle when it comes to Islam. Uh, you're dealing with the crone or the woman that has had their children. Now she's gone from having and bearing children in her fertile times into becoming what they call the crone, which is essentially she is no longer uh, able uh, bearing children uh, on, on earth, but she is actually bearing uh, children of the mind. Now her wisdom uh, now becomes the most paramount thing. And if you look at the symbol, um, if I can remember what the symbol looks like, I think it looks like two, three leaves put together. Is that the symbol you're talking about, sister? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that symbol, the top one is usually representative of a flame, but it's usually representative of the yoni, but it's representative mm -hmm. of the crone. But the two side ones is representative of the fertile female. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the, that's the that's the um, the, uh, the the uterus and the and the fallopian tubes and so forth. But the crown, the opening there, which is the union of the vagina, uh, essentially is the opening for where all life or uh, all life enters and all life exits, mm -hmm. essentially. So mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not sure what what it is that you're looking for in the explanation of that. But you can go on for days just speaking about what that is because everywhere on this plane of existence, uh, the three in one and the one in three is being represented because we know that heterosexuality essentially is the order of creation, that be fruitful and multiply is the order of creation. Anybody extolling anything that stems that particular energy is going contrary to what nature wants and what nature dictates. Mm. All right, appreciate that, Dr. Malta. Any other questions, sis? Are you good? Well, I'm I'm here with friends, and one person uh, has a question. Would you sure. all mind, or if we go out of turn, and so no, 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 good. Ask no, go ahead, give it to her real quick, and let her ask your question. This way, we want to come back to the call. Sure, one moment. Sure, sure. Um, it's not so much of a question, it's more um, 
more of a statement, but um, recently um, I had called a radio station. I had called in, and they were on the subject of um, how can we in, improve our youth um, because uh, there is so much going on and so much downfall of our youth. Um, and, you know, the radio station, they were trying to figure out how can we improve our youth. I was calling in several times trying to get a hold of them, uh, but I wasn't able to. But, um, you know, the radio station that was playing um, – the music that they're playing is not, you know, I could, first of all, I would say it starts off with them. You know, the the stuff that they're providing and, um, and you know, uh, the inspiration, not inspiration, but the, the stuff that they're feeding are you through mm-hmm. that radio station, you know, it's just like it's contradicting themselves, you know. And I was, you know, I was just wondering, like, when and how can we take this step to you know, changing things like <laughs> I know, I know it's kind of just a, a, a wild question, but you know, it was just lingering in my mind. You know, uh, if, if I may, brother, I, I I hear you. It seems that there's a place in your heart. It feels frustration. It seems mm-hmm. like there's so many contradictions to what seems to be going on, brother. Let me just reassure you. I am proud of what the youth are doing because I know that what I keep seeing and hearing of all the ratchet stuff that they keep promoting for our children, that is not what's really the deal. Under all of that, which is under the radar, which is where I prefer it to stay because I don't want this devil to know what kind of successes and advancements our people are making until it's too late for them. We don't need to be constantly broadcasting how great and wonderful we are These people who are controlling us do not come out like Tavis Smiley and get everybody lined up to tell the world and the enemy exactly what we're getting ready to do. I know for a fact because I speak with the young, and I have, if you go on our website, you can go to a place, uh, to a link there that says what students say and read what it is that we've helped them to achieve and to realize and to come into the understanding of. And you would be surprised and how knowledgeable and how wonderful the youth are and how wonderful your generation is proving themselves to be. You are suffused. You are in a tidal wave, a veritable tsunami of information. There is no information uh, uh, cascading in the le- on the level that you all are exposed to right now. There is no excuses for you to tell anyone that you don't know. Back in the days, I had to travel to different states to go into different libraries, go down into basements where these people held some of the treasures of our people. Now you got the Internet. We didn't have Internet. (laughs) Now you all can interface almost immediately with one another. See, you can take this and turn this into a weapon against them. But trust me, young brother, you all are doing what it is that's necessary. The very fact that you're dissatisfied with what you're hearing means that that is the spark in you that is looking for something greater and better. And the leaders and the elders are out there, but the ones who are the true elders, they're staying below the radar. Okay? They're the ones that are other. Those are the ones you seek out, not these people who are cut-and-paste scholars who are up there taking the stuff from my mentors, putting it there, and pretending that because they have 15 minutes of fame that they're somehow authorities. They are essentially distractions. What you are looking for is to go back to the elders before me and the ones I learned from and what we, like Bobby Hammett and Brother Delbert Blair and Sister Jewel Pukram 
and the old, the ones who sat at the feet of the old ones who had the courage to go out there and to teach something that they were very pissed off with. Even going back to the books of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, start from there. These are the mm. ways that we can do it, and you can undermine it. Because the young people today are going into the school and they're arguing with the teachers because the teachers don't know. That's true. They don't know. You see, and then they and when they brought in when these young kids are reading and looking at things like um, hidden colors and the student and the teachers, the European teachers are teaching one thing and they're slapping them back with another. You can't. No, no, no. You're not going to stop the youth, and that's why we're targeting the youth with all this knowledge, with all this metaphysics. Because y'all are going to be the ones that's going to find out what to do with all this information. We too want to be up there in the front lines. We are now your think tank. You can come back to us. We are a think tank. We got the university. I know it's a little bit pricey, but it has been come, it is way more. Uh, they, they're out there. These Europeans are charging thousands and tens of thousands of dollars for the information that they ripped off from the elders to come back and then to recoin it into what they call the new age. So That's take right. advantage of everything that you're seeing and begin to formulate your own individual plan because when each of your individual plans are for the betterment of you individually, then when you meet up with that same person, you're going to have something to offer one another. Yeah. Y'all ain't just going to be talking at one another. Y'all are going to have grown yourself into something viable, useful, and valuable to each other. And now mm -hmm. we can make an army. But out there being rabble-rousers, unless you're going to pick up a gun and not just talk, but fire <laughs> back at the enemy, and just fire back at the enemy, do that. If that's your thing, do it. But yeah. don't come back and tell me that me teaching you what it is you need to do to grow your mind is not uh, consequential to the growth of our people. I just mm. really, felt, I really felt the need to, um, you know, I just felt something boiling up under my skin that I really need to make that call and let them know that, you know, because there were so many callers that called in that just wasn't saying it. Um, the mm -hmm. things that they were, it starts off with them. It's the things that they were playing, um, it has a big effect on on, on a lot of people. So, you, mm -hmm. know, I just, you know, I just really want to uh, have, a, have a talk talk to you about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you. All right. No problem. We appreciate the call. And I'm glad, Dr. Valentine, you said about using the Internet as a tool to teach and educate because, you know, we do got, unfortunately, a lot of buffoons on the Internet. You know, to me, it's comical if you're going to get on the Internet and talk about what you're going to do to the white man and how you're going to attack him and this and that. Like you said, a, a true strategist isn't going to reveal, you know, the mm -hmm. ultimate plan. But good point. I was going to take two more calls for you, Dr. Valentine, and we're going to let you go. I just got two more callers, um, and then we'll wrap it up with that. And I, again, appreciate your patience and your time. Uh, we're going to go to Central Massachusetts. Central Massachusetts, you're on the call. Can you hear me? Central Massachusetts, you're on the call. Can you hear me? Again, if your phone is muted, you got to unmute it. You won't be you won't be able to hear me. Uh, one more time, Central Massachusetts. All right, we're going to go to the next call. All right, let's go to Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York, you're on the call. Buffalo, New York. Uh, how you doing? Good. How you doing, sis? You're on the call. I got a question well, for Dr. Valentine. Yeah, Dr. Valentine, yeah. how you doing? How you feeling this evening? Well, That's good. Well, I don't really have any uh, questions because, you know, I, I pretty much enjoy listening to Dr. Valentine, you know, speak um, about what's really going on out here. And I, I do have something to say. How do you feel about the new um, world, world leaders that we have, uh, BRIC? 
<laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's a discussion in itself. Brazil, <laughs> Russia, India, China, and South Africa. But I heard that England is joining on board, too, and a couple of others. Now with this madness going on in Greece, uh, we should, it should be interesting by October. Right. Uh, just be prepared Iran. to take your money out. Yeah, Iran now, and 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 you got uh, you got Obama defending Iran now. Well, <laughs> I, really think, I really think that uh, we are in a. I really think that now we're military. We're actually the military uh, country for uh, the, the global government. I believe we are the military country. We have always been that. We've always yeah. been that. We have always been that. In fact. We were created by the dark agenda, what we call the dark agenda, in order to be the military arm for their conquest of the plan, of the plane. But you have to understand and understand as well that that is turning. The tide for them is turning, and they're not going to be around much longer. And um, the the beauty of it is that we have people like uh, Israel who now are looking at their own self-destruction because Netanyahu said if he don't get his way, he's going to kill himself or some nonsense like that. So, yeah, we all said, yeah, we'll give you everything you need to get that going. But But, see, the whole thing is now that there is a change coming, and it's going to rattle. It's going to hurt. It's going to be traumatic. Don't right. make no make no sign about that. But there are forces at work that are doing their best to make sure that the trauma of transition is not as great to the people of okay. this place. Okay. Thank right. you. Right. Peace and love. All right. Peace and love. Thanks for the call. All right, Dr. Valentine, I won't take any more questions. Um, if you could, again, before you leave, can you give people, again, the website, the information for the school, and the contact information one last time before you leave us? I will. Thank you. Uh, my, the, the, the whole school right now is beginning on Saturday and Sunday, but the next following two weeks will be late session or at least the late registration session. So you can go up to www.uksnow.org. That's U as in United, K as in King, S as in Science, N-O-W.org. When you get up there, just click where it says Enroll Now, and a page will open up, all black with white lettering. Fill out your, uh, the necessary information and submit it. You'll get a call from one of our administrative assistants. Then if you need further information, please call our number for any of our services, whether it be for our vaccination exemption packages, for our nutritional health consultations, or for our Juice Plus product, which is what we extol and we promote and we recommend very highly. Now, the number to call is 1-800-847-1291. We also do metaphysical consultations. The number is 800-847-1291. All right. Appreciate that, Dr. Valentine. As always, a uh, pleasure having you on. We appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I know we all appreciate all the work you do and continue to do, and uh, we'll definitely get you back on in the near future. Thanks for spending some time with us tonight. It's my pleasure, brother. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, there you heard it from Dr. Valentine. Uh, elaborated on a lot of things. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, expound and 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 go a little further uh 
you know, Dr. Valentine is extremely busy, so unfortunately it's not uh, a guest we can keep on for two, three, and four hours. He's, uh, again, in the process of starting uh, a session that begins on the 18th for school. Um, and, and one thing he said is key, you know, regardless, and, and, again, we bring guests on these shows not because we, again, we're trying to recruit you for anything, anybody. We, we leave that decision solely up to you. But we like to bring, uh, you know, pioneers and elders on this show to show you that there's people actually doing the work. So my thing is, it's not a matter if you agree with Dr. Delbert Blair or Dr. Valentine or Dr. Bynum, but one thing you cannot say, they are doing some form of work to better people, period. So that's the thing. So my first thing is to catch that complaint that come at you with bullshit. My first thing I ask them is, what are you doing? You know, and it's usually that Negro that's complaining all the time that ain't doing shit. That's the whole point. So, again, that's the, that's the objective of the show because everybody brings a different dynamic. Everybody has a different perspective. And everybody brings something to the table, something to offer to make this plight better for you. And it's up to you to choose what you want and do not want to do. So, again, uh, you know, I, I say that to people that are complaining all the time. Don't complain if you're not doing any work. Okay, least the people, including ourselves on this show, Brother Sargidi, Brother Ravana Noon, myself, we're constantly working, and I'm sure most of our listeners are out there doing some type of form of work to wake our people up. Not just talk about shit, because, again, the, day, the days of talking are over. That shit is over. So we're not interested in, 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 in gathering in circles and talking about how great we were in Egypt. You know, if you need that shit to stroke your ego and feel good, then that, 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 that's you. This day and time that we're living in, as you see, something that we promote hard on this show is doing the work. It's the theme of this show. It's called putting in work, doing work, not just talking about it. Because it doesn't impress us that you read 500 books and think you know something. That doesn't impress us. It's good. It doesn't impress us. So it's about putting in the work. So let's kick it into after gear now, and we're going to stay on the uh, um, airways for a little bit longer. We're going to get into some other toxic couple quick announcements real quick, and then I'm going to bring my brothers in, and we're going to have a dialogue. We'll, we'll go back to the phones for for some of y'all that are still on the phone. We've still got a bunch of callers on the phone. Uh, we'll go through the call roll again, questions, comments, anything you want to discuss or talk about. Um, but just a couple quick announcements next week, and I'll reiterate it again at the end of the show. We've got Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum back on the show. He's coming back on next week. Um, just an update on Dr. Blair. He's uh, still recovering, doing well, but he's taking a little bit of time off all those that uh, might be wondering what's going on with Dr. Delbert Blair. Uh, remember, he's extremely up there in age elder. And, again, another example of an individual that's pretty much sacrificed his life to teach and educate people to the point where they took his wife from him and almost killed his son and almost killed and poisoned him. So, again, for all you Negroes that are complaining about shit, don't complain because there's people that are doing and been through a lot worse than you. Uh, and then on... Uh, uh, Ravana Noon, is that August? What did I say, August 6th for Brother Panic? Uh, I think August 6th or August 9th. Let me check. All right. Just whatever the first Thursday is in August, I believe it's – I don't have a calendar in front of me. I believe it's August 6th. But I'm just going to stress, first Thursday of the month, we got Brother Panic coming back, and we're going to go in on a topic that I think most melanated people are spooked the fuck out about, and that's uh, witchcraft, black magic, and Satanism, because most niggas don't even know what that shit is really all about. They spook out. 
They got indoctrinated religious ideologies about what that is. And you, something you heard Dr. Phil Valentine mention tonight, I don't think anybody caught it. Nobody asked him a question about it. He mentioned the Celtics twice as being African or black. And if you know the Celtics and the Druids, and he used that term too as being black, they have a high magical system that's worked that actually stems back to Egypt and North Africa. So we, we want to touch a little bit on that. Um, on that show. We can get a little bit of that tonight. I want to kind of take it to that level. Um, but it's a topic when you talk to melanated people about, you just see the look in their eyes. And no matter how further or deep in their knowledge, when people see things like the pentagram, uh, you know, Baphomet, you know, immediately they've been programmed with negativity and evil. So we're going to dispel a lot of those myths on that show. That's going to take it to a whole nother level. So it's definitely something you definitely don't want to miss out on that. But anyway, let's bring my brothers in. Having said all that, um, brother, of, uh, let's bring him. Let's, let's bring brother Saw. I know, I know he was on earlier. Bring him in real quick. Bring in Barry White Jr. Brother. Barry, what's up, brother? I know you've been listening, man. What's what's your take, man? Go ahead, brother Saw. You there, brother? <laughs> oh, <laughs> saw you oh, oh, my, oh my bad. I didn't hear your Yo, question. No, it wasn't a question. Just kind of bring you in. You know, we 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 kicking it now on the after show, just to get some of your thoughts about what what you know what transpired and and things oh, of that nature. I think, I think the show was very um, powerful. I mean, Doctor Phil Valentine, he always pretty much brings his his wisdom. He, I don't know, when I when I listen to him, he represents the wisdom of metaphysics. Correct. You know. <clears throat> He also, I like how he explains, you know, uh, about the, I think it was the god, the goddess thing about the three, three leaves. Yeah, I can't fully, yeah, the three leaves. I can't fully re- recall. I can't say everything that he said, but um, yeah, right. I, I, I thought that was very interesting too. You know, because I never right. heard of that personally, but uh, he he said he said some things that were de- definitely enlighten enlightening. You said what? That that's a star symbol, by the way. He wears that underneath his shirt. <laughs> no. Yes. No, but but uh, sorry, sorry, Giddy, you bring up a really good point. That's why I said everybody brings their own gift to the table. And and one thing I do respect Dr. Valentine for, he's not one of those dudes that you know, like the big thing today is the debate thing. Now I was why I, I got to share this with you brothers, man. I was watching some straight up buffoonery shit last night on uh, Sarnetta TV. It was hilarious. Uh, they had some dude on there, and I, I got to share this with you, brothers. They had some dude on there called Nubin, okay? And this, this Negro is an ex-Nuapian, but tries to cover it up and pretend like he's not. And he was uh, in a debate with uh, Minister Enki, if any of you all familiar with him. He's uh, under that whole debate lecture circuit. And they're getting ready to do this evolution conference, which I think is comical. Uh, if you all know Minister Enki, he's heavy into science, uh, molecules, plasma, atoms, reconstruction of the DNA in the blood. So he's debating with this Negro who says that he doesn't read any books, that consciousness is out, is just permeating through the atmosphere, which he's right to an extent, and blah, 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 science, some straight religious shit. Now, to show you the ignorance of some people, the brother put him on the spot and said that you were a student of Dr. York for over 15 years, and this Negro says he only read one book of Dr. York but followed him for 15 years. What kind of ignorant shit are we dealing with? I mean, really, what kind of <laughs> ignorant shit are we dealing with? 
Now, if you go and look at the brother's page, because I'm just about calling it for what it is, and I couldn't get two shits if people like it or not. That's not the intent. I don't care. You, you don't have to like what I say or love what I say. It's, shit is irrelevant to me. I go look at this Negro's website, because I ain't never heard of him. So I figured, let me go check this dude out. I go pull up his, his YouTube video and his website, and this Negro is basically taking Dr. York's information and just watering it down, putting his twist on it. Now, that's why I'd asked Dr. Valentine earlier, we're never going to take it to that next level if we keep wanting to be something but ourselves. Let me say that shit again. I want your brothers to tap into that. Everybody wants to be something except who and what they are. Every Negro now is an incarnation of Melchizedek. This Negro is an incarnation of Tahuti. This Negro is an incarnation of Amon Ra. Everybody, delusional-ass Negroes that are not getting the full picture. Let's touch a little bit on that. Go ahead, Brother Ravon. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are the cosmic gods, the melanated gods, brother. Well, you know, today I find out in deep meditation that I'm the incarnation of the ice cream sandwich god. So, you I I just want to tell everybody that, you know, if you worship the ice cream, you're contacting me. You're reaching me, and uh, I knew you was the I knew you was the ice cream sandwich guy, vanilla guy, aren't you? You're the vanilla no, guy. No, see, there's that there's that undertone of racism. You hear that, brother? Anyway. <laughs> By the way, in case y'all hear a lawnmower in the background, I have no fucking clue how somebody can cut grass at nine fucking fifteen at night. But anyway, but uh, again, <laughs> on that note, if. If if we're ever going to come to the realization uh, of the power and the divinity that lies within us, and again, one thing in common that you'll see to pretty much every guest we have on this show, it doesn't matter if it's Dr. Valentine, such as tonight, if it's Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum, Dr. Jewel Pulkram, we've had all these people on the show. They all say the same thing. The divinity and the power lies within you. The biggest and mistake you can People look right. outside themselves for everything. And I think the major problem I've run into with most people of discussion is we're in the middle of a discussion, and they're getting it. It seems like they're getting it. And next thing you know, they got to ask, well, how does Jesus play into this? Or how does the Batalab play into this? And it makes you stop in your tracks and want to shake your head, but you can't because they're listening to you, and you can't show, like, you know, really, dude? But... It makes you stop in your tracks because as much as people get it, they don't. It seems like humanity in its in its existence, in its prime existence, in its cream state of existence, had a fear factor since its birth or creation on this planet, where they felt all alone in their creation, so they always felt like they had to create something greater or better or stronger or something outside of themselves because in that they felt that they could never reach the state of perfection or or whatever the case is. So they always create something greater themselves as if to worship outside would all of a sudden bless them and make them pure and perfected. But it always seems like they never realize that that is all done within. The work always happens from within. And if you're not willing to go inside yourself, and deal with your own issues or your own reality, then you're always going to weaken yourself and you're always going to be easily controlled and easily, easily mind-controlled by somebody who can manipulate you by finding out your strengths, your weaknesses, your likes, dislikes, and they can use it against you because you want something to worship, you want something to pray on, want something to call on. I'll give you an example, like, for example, right now, 
people will say, well, you know, like you'll you'll see a picture of this dude dancing in his drawers on Facebook. Now, people will clown and laugh, no doubt. This shit is hilarious and funny. But at the same time, if that's what that, that dude is here for and that's what he feels and that's his shit, then th- guess what? That's what he does. That's what he is. And if he's embracing that, then that's his aspect. But you're right. Beniti is right on point. People always want to be some freaking, you know, ancient warrior god or some ancient military leader or some ancient incarnation of something. And if these... If they really were that, if they really were that, what the hell are they doing with what, who and what they are? Like, okay, if Obatala was really incarnated here right now, you think Obatala be working at McDonald's? Seriously. Would Obatala yeah. be working at 7-Eleven? No, Obatala is the, the incarnation of higher consciousness. Obatala would be using that higher consciousness to manifest things on a whole nother level. So when we get stuck in these irrealities of, I'm the greatest, and I'm an incarnation of, you know, uh, Pimp Daddy Melchizedek, you know, really, you're creating alter ego. Because you're, yourself in itself, you feel sucks. And what you're really saying is this alter ego makes me so great and so divine because my real life, my real self is just in shambles and is shitty. So instead of dealing with that, I'd rather create an alter ego of Melchizedek or, you know, some great leader, some great something, instead of dealing with myself. Then you have the other Brother, 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 he's Melchizedek of the boxes, brother. It doesn't matter if he's Melchizedek of a cockroach. The fact is that this dude in itself or this female in itself, when that mentality is there, they're actually damaging themselves and creating a delusional mind state, which is very difficult to get out of. Because, for example, many of us have met people from very deep inside organizations, whether it's religion, whether it's these religious organizations, or whatever the case may be. And they cannot think for, they cannot think for one second outside of a box that that's, that's been created for them. If you speak to a Christian, every five minutes Jesus' name got to come out their mouth, right? That's right. That's now, right. What's, different than, what's different from a Christian to a Nawabian when a Nawabian every five minutes got to say Dr. York? <laughs> or Sam the Bab Yanun, or Mel Chesedek, or Atum Ray, or all the thousand goddamn names this nigga used over the years. Regardless right. of the point, they always calling on things outside of themselves. So that's right. one aspect. And this never allows you to manifest your true powers and energy. Here, okay, case in point. I'm trying to achieve something in my life. Let's say graduate from college or something like that. Here comes along one of these religious leaders, preachers, pastors, reverends, whatever, and they tell you, well, God spoke to me last night, and God told me that you should not graduate school. Do you know that some dumbass Negroes are going to listen to that and drop out of school? Mm-hmm. Because they still feel that the power exists without, I mean, the power exists outside of them. So they will actually alter their very life just because a pastor, preacher, reverend, somebody, guru, sage, whatever, told them that they should leave school. And that God says it's not in the hands, in the cards right now to finish school. And then they will jeopardize their future, their life, their family's life, everything, just for listening to this nonsense because they refuse to go within themselves and find out that, all these things that we call on are nothing more 
than metaphysical concepts, mythos, and concepts created that really represent our archetypal energy. That's and right. because of that, and we refuse to go further than that, we always are easily manipulated and easily controlled. So when we listen, like Dr. Valentine was saying, if you listen closely to what he's saying, he's basically saying most people right now are easily controlled by the media. They're easily controlled by what is promoted, and they very, very few of them actually take the journey to go within themselves and realize they are that one. They right. are that one thing within the one mind. They are That's that right. very concept of what it is to be real and to be alive. If the one mind and the one thing are one and the same, then you are an aspect of the one mind, and there is no separation between you and the one mind. I don't care if the person is on the corner prostituting themselves. They still are a part of the one mind. Now, That's people right. say, well, the one mind would not create something like that. It's evil. There is no such thing as good or evil in the one mind. It all right. is necessary because the one mind experiences itself through you, which is still a part of one mind. There is no separation. So the one mind experiences all through all of us as one of itself. It is no separation. So when we look at that and we say, well, this, this woman is evil for prostituting her body out there, no. That's how you perceive it based upon your religious, social, and moral conditioning. And when you get into the occult world, you start to really find out there is no such thing as good or evil. And it's and all right. in how you manifest and utilize these energies that are constantly mm -hmm. interplaying on this planet day and night. Mm -hmm. And that's a good and point, if, brother. If you learn how to utilize and, and manifest and, and use these energies, you can use it to enhance and elevate yourself, or you can use it without realize and unconsciously enslave yourself. And then you and have a whole other new problem. And I and think Benicia is a perfect topic in perfect situation because even sometimes the questions on these shows, no no fault of anybody listening to these shows, but even some of the questions on these shows sometimes show that people still want something outside of themselves. They still Very not get it. Like, for example, last week, Brother Panic was talking about this, and Brother Benedi and I had a deep, and Brother Asar, we all had a deep conversation about this at one time. Notice how Panic kept saying, you can intellectualize Asar, or Cyrus, whatever name floats your boat that makes you get through the night, that Asar, and they intellectualize, and they'll tell you, well, Asar represents vegetation, and vegetation represents regeneration. Okay, that's freaking lovely and divine and great, right? But they over-intellectualize this, and Panic said it three, four times. But I work the Asar energy. I work the energy, the Asar magic. I work that's that it. magic. And instead of just freaking intellectualizing and talking about how great Asar was, he's working the magic of Asar. That's the difference. That right. is the difference that people have to start understanding. Stop work that magic, brother. Work that magic. That's right. Stop talking about a star and stop and stop just uh, venerating and worshiping and putting a statue on your altar and putting oil on the statue and and, and kissing a star and giving a fruit to a star. Say, oh, sorry, you're so lovely. Bless yeah. you with some, something. Instead of they don't realize that that's one aspect. You have to go further. You have and that's to a good point. Become that energy. 
Let's back up for a minute. Let me say you, 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 you left one part out, brother, kissing a Sarah's penis. Okay, I'm uh, off. Uh, but let's back up for a minute. There, let's, let's back up for a minute. You, you said, we got some feedback. I don't know who, who it is, but some feedback I'm getting. All right, cleared up. I'm not sure what it is. Let's back up for a minute. You said, uh, Brother Ravonne Newman, let's touch on a, just, just two things here real quick. Um, when we were discussing just a minute ago, you had mentioned people, for an example, that are constantly, you know, following things or people that are constantly going outside themselves. But you mentioned the thing, if somebody knows your strength and your weaknesses, somebody can tap into your emotional center, they can pretty much get you to do what you want them to do. Like you said, if an individual, we do know some of these people over the years that have become exclusive to some of these Mickey Mouse organizations, for an example, and, and they destroyed their lives. They, like you say, they, you know, they were misled into believing that they needed to do something at a point that they thought was right, but it wasn't. Uh, so be it. It is what it is. But the bottom line is this. I think the key for that is that individuals like that, and I call it conscious pimps, and, and, and as you hear me saying, all over the Internet and everywhere today, the conscious pimp is over. That whole thing is I belong to an organization and there's one leader and he's a divine leader. Fuck all that shit. That shit is over. If you belong to that shit, you're a stupid-ass idiot. That's a whole other point. Point being is it usually attracts a certain mindset, an individual that usually has some baggage going on in their life. Usually those individuals present themselves as some type of father figure, mother figure, or some type of need emotionally that those individuals were lacking in their personal life. Nine out of ten times, whether they're conscious of it or not. So, again, they're easily to be misled. Then, as we just discussed, people are still claiming they're God. Here's the thing. How many organizations out there today claim, use the term, I'm God, I'm supreme, I'm this, I'm that? It could be the 5% nation, nation, or whatever, the Nwapians, whatever. But yet, then they go turn around and venerate Dr. York, Putin, Minister Farrakhan, Yahweh been Yahweh back in the day. But yet they want to tell you don't worship anything, nothing to know. But you can't be, make the claim that you're a god, but yet you're still venerating an energy outside yourself. And the key, like, like we were just talking about, as Brother Panic explained last week, you have to learn to work with the energy and stop making these deities actual physical beings in your mind and venerating them and worshiping them because then we're back to the same old shit called religion. Okay, people are still not getting it. They still literally to make themselves feel comfortable because they can't think outside the box, they still want to take Tahuti and make him immortal, an individual being. And, and, and like Brother Ravana Noon said and like we were discussing, and not focus on the energy aspect or the magical aspect of it. Now let's talk about this real quick. I want to shift into a little magic because the only way we're going to change the energy of the planet, change the energy that's working around us, is by tapping into magic and, and altering the energy to work in our favor. I keep telling people this. People say, what's the solution? And that's why earlier this evening I had presenting that to Dr. Valentine, and he, he clearly said, if you're a revolutionary, then shit, stop talking about it and go do it. So it's not just us just saying it. Because here's the thing, the problem I got, stop talking about the shit. Stop telling me what you or your organization is going to do to the white man. And I told you all before, you ain't doing shit to the white man. You just need to say it every once in a while to feed your fucking ego to make yourself feel good. But your punk asses is too scared to do anything to the white man. That's my whole fucking point. And I challenge anybody on this shit. 
Because if that's the case, if you believe the white man's this and that, and the white man is, and the, he's the devil this and that, we'll go out in the streets and tell that shit, Tom. Stop telling me, because I couldn't give two flying fucks about it, but I'm calling your punk pussy asses out because I'm tired of hearing about it. Stop telling me what the white man did. I don't care. Because if you're elevated on a higher level from a metaphysical aspect and dealing with the higher sciences, we can work our spiritual and ancestral magic to work in our favor, and then things will change. That's the, that's the, that's the reality of this. But until we keep trying to humanize this thing, and, and like we just discussed, yeah, over-intellectualize it. This creates problems for us. The white man preventing the black man from getting the job so he can provide for his family, brother. Well, that's the, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you being an individual that's not motivated yourself to create, if you're God, what does God do? Somebody, what does God do? What does God do, brothers? God creates, Create a right? Job. That's great. Great. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. So if you say that you're God, but yet after you tell me you're God, then you start running off a list of shit you're complaining about, what is that really saying, brother? Now, now we got a problem. Now we got a problem. If you're not in control of your destiny, if you do not control the energy that vibrates around you, then you're not God. You're just somebody that's saying they're God. And when I say God, let's, let's make this clear. Get all the fictitious concepts out of your head, not that type of God. We're saying God in the sense of somebody that controls their destiny. It's that simple. That can, they're, they're the governors of their spirituality. They look within for the answers. They don't go outside themselves. And they don't look for excuses of why they fail because, remember, you are self-creating energy. You are your thoughts. I keep telling people this. Whatever thoughts you think, you become. So guess what? If you are struggling and you're unsuccessful and things ain't going right in your life, that's because you're thinking that consciously or subconsciously. Because I never understood when somebody came to me and said, you know, you know, I'm trying to get this thing done, but I can't get it done. Well, guess what? Subconsciously, you've already planted that seed in your mind that you cannot get it done. And guess what's going to happen? It's not going to get done. If you start thinking something bad is going to happen, guess what's going to happen? You draw that energy to you by the very thought you manifest. So if you think, I'm doing something, and then, oh, man, but I think something's going to go wrong. You ever hear somebody say, shit? oh, yeah, but some, I feel like something's going to go wrong. Well, you're creating that energy, and you attract that energy to you. It's like a magnet. Once you start thinking those thoughts, because we know if, if like we talked about, and we even asked Dr. Valentine earlier, and you heard Dr. Jewel Pukram say this on the show, and I like to refer to it, if our neuromelanin and the origin of it being in the brain, okay, and you heard Dr. Valentine say this evening that it is the very, very vital life force and conductor for everything that exists in the universe, and he used the word conductor. And you heard Dr. Jewel Pukram say on the show it's, an electro, it's, a, it's a manifestation of the electromagnetic spectrum. So we're dealing with sending and receiving energy, okay, and we're constantly sending these thoughts out, okay. We're sending this energy out by thinking about it. Guess what has to happen? When dealing with balancement, you can call it karma, whatever term you want to use. It's going to have to balance itself out. So you are attracting that energy to you by your very thoughts. Whatever you think, you become. That also confirms what we were talking about earlier. Some Negro thinks that they're Tehuti or Melchizedek. In their mind, they do believe that shit. That doesn't make them that, but in their mind, they do believe that shit. And that's their own personal reality. But what happens where it becomes a problem when you try to convince people outside of yourself and then you want people to venerate and worship you just like we've done through religions, just like we do 
unfortunately, in the different systems of conscious spirituality we have amongst us this very day as we speak right now. So that's the reality of this, and we need to focus on that. What I want to do is let's shift to some magic. Let's talk a little bit about magic. Um, I was kind of going to try to get into that this evening with Dr. Valentine, but, again, we were limited on time with him. Um, I wanted to talk about when we say the word magic, I just want everybody listening to think about it for a quick second. What comes to your mind when you hear that word, when you hear the word magic? And I know there's an influx. People are going to have their own. They're going to hear so many different. Some of you are going to see wizards, and some of you all might see uh, West African traditional systems, voodoo. Uh, and the reason why I said that is because it just further proves how that word has become tainted. Because when you hear it, you automatically have a negative image that comes to the mind for the most part. Um, Brother Ravana, I know, I, know, I know you want to touch on this one. Or Brother Sargidi, if you would like to chime in on this one. Let's focus a little bit on spiritual magic, black magic, uh, ancestral magic, whatever term you need to, to get you through the evening. Let's focus on the importance of this in our everyday life and how we can use this system to, to better ourselves. And not only better ourselves, but to better the energy around us and those we associate with. Because magic is a powerful thing when you know how to correctly work it and you know the formulas you can tap into that divine consciousness and have this work for you. Let's let's discuss a little bit about that. Okay. You want to go first, Asar? Yeah. Go ahead. Actually, it's interesting that you bring this up because I was pretty much talking to Brother Ravana Noon earlier about this. And um, one of the things that, you know, came to me, you know, after our conversation, you know, was the Orisha system. Because this pretty much is a part of what we term as magic today. And when you look at the word Orisha, it's composed of two words, Ori and Shah, or Shay, which Shah, S-H-A, can be spelled that way, Shay. S H A Y or Shay S E. But the word Orisha, Ori, is a Yoruba expression that represents the subconscious mind. And when you study about what the Ori is in the Yoruba pantheon, they say the or when you have a strong Ori, one is in control of their fate. One who has a weak Ori is not in control of their fate or destiny. And they have what we consider bad things happen to them. To get back to the point, yes, the word Ori is an exp- a Yoruba expression of the subconscious mind. The word Sha or She relates to the word Ashe, which means power. The whole Orisha system is, is is helping you tap into your mind power. And this is where we're getting into magic. Magic is mind power. What is magic? Alistair Crowley said it very simply. is using your will to make things happen in your life. Using your willpower to make to manifest things in your life. That's simply what magic is. 
But many times, but many times, many of us cannot tap into our inner magician, as I would call it. Our inner magic is because we have blocks. And me and my two good brothers have expressed this in many different shows about doing your alchemy, doing your magic, clearing yourself. You know, clearing yourself of these blockages. Because in order for you to truly tap into what magic really is, or to make your magic work for you, you must first clear your blockages. If you go to the Orisha or the Yodoba Pantheon, you go and you look at a person who's going to a Babalao, for example. They get they're receiving guidance from a Babalao. And they're receiving consultation and things of that nature. When you look at what's happening in this experience, the Babalao is pretty much giving them rituals to say, hey, do this ritual to Ogun. This is going to help. Ogun represents in the Yoruba mythology as the one who clears the path. He 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 cuts the way through the jungle for the other Orisha to go through. Good point, brother. Excellent point. And, and in doing this ritual, you're tapping it. You're tapping into the Ogun energy. To clear a path, and what? And in order for you to clear a path, there has to be something what in the way. Correct. So that the first aspect of magic is clearing your path. The second aspect, once you clear your path, now you are in full control of the forces. That's right. Of the mind, which now the mind, the mental energies that we call gods and goddesses can now flow freely without disruption. But that's all I wanted to say for now. I appreciate that, brother. Do you want to tap into that, uh, brother Ravonovic? Sure, brother. That, that, that echo you hear, that's the voice of God, brother. That's the voice of God. Yeah, brother. yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was your ice cream sandwich counterpart. Yes, that was, brother. So anyways, um, it's... Exactly like Brother Asar said, you're basically using your willpower to direct your subconscious mind to create your reality. Now, what's interesting is that when people work magic, for lack of a better term, magic is what we're discussing. Some people will label it other shit, but it's just that, magic. You're basically creating a new reality, but you're creating it from within yourself. People, a lot of times, do magic, and the first thing they want to do is affect the external world. Like Brother Sar alluded to, the first step is to affect your inner world, because what is inside is going to manifest outside of you. This is why some people, when they do magic, if their inner world is turbulent, they manifest these energies that they would term demons, so to speak. Correct. Their inner world is turbulent. So you have, to, you have to balance that out because as you do the work, you're going to encounter things that may make you shit, literally, because you're not ready for it. But Correct. magic is simply affecting your reality. It is taking what you want and what you see in your, 
let's say, mind's eye and manifesting it outward. Now, there's many levels to magic. When people think of magic, what do they hear? They hear, you know, okay, we got some pentagrams drawn on the ground with some candles. And, well, that's one aspect. There's also mental magic. How you can use your mind to influence your outer environment. For example, you could be walking down the street and you'll say, let me see if I can make this person smile at me. Right? That's by your mental magic. You can say, let me see. And you're projecting that from your subconscious, unconscious, to your conscious mind. And you're projecting it outward and saying, I'm going to make the person smile at me. Some of y'all have done this naturally and don't even realize you're doing it. That person feels the vibration and frequencies from your thoughts, and it manifests where you'll see them smile out the blue. Well, remember this mathematical, magical formula. Frequency plus intent equals manifestation or healing, depending on how you want to use it. You can heal with it or you can manifest something. Frequency, your thoughts, plus the intention behind those thoughts equals the manifestation of what you want to happen. So when a person tells me, oh, I can't afford that, I say, well, damn, you can't afford that, then that means your frequency, your thought pattern is already projecting the intention that I'm broke. So what are you really manifesting in your life? Broke reality. Because the frequency in your mind is already on that broke mentality. You're already on that broke frequency. I can't. I don't I don't have money. Well, let me ask people, because Panic brought this up and alluded to it last week. I've dealt with this and some of the other brothers have dealt with it. If you really, really want to learn some shit, right, let's say if you want to sign up for some shit and learn some shit, why is it that right before you're supposed to, let's say, pay for this, right, everybody cries broke right before it's payment day, right? I'm broke. But, yeah, like Brother Benini said last week, yeah, a nigga, uh, iPhone 6 comes out, nigga finds $600 to pay for that shit, won't they? And line up in the morning for them to stay outside for about yeah, and five stay hours. there all day long to get the phone, but yet can't come into let's say fifty dollars for a class, let's say that can actually really show them how to manifest their inner reality or their inner desires of what they're seeking as far as financial, as far as anything else. No, but they can't brother, figure brother, that out. Brother, brother, you, you have to be you have to be physically poor to tap into spiritual energies, brother. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the other nonsense. That's that American New Age mentality that you have to be in poverty or poor in order to be spiritual. That's about as truthful as, you know, you waking up and saying, well, it's okay to eat a cockroach in my cereal. Bullshit. That's, that's right. That's, that's bullshit. You don't have to be broke to be spiritual. As a matter of fact, that's contradictory to being spiritual. Because if you're really spiritual, you are abundant in energy. And if I'm abundant in energy, that means I can manifest anything. The problem is, no, you're looking at money as a, you're looking at money in the wrong perspective. You're looking at money as a, as a means to your, your fame, as a means to your ego being flattered, as a means to getting put, as a means to whatever. You're looking at it in the wrong aspect, and you're not realizing that money is just like everything else, energy. However, you put what you put behind the energy is what you're manifesting. 
you think money's unattainable, that's why you're not attaining it. Perfect example. For years, when I was in these different organizations or whatever else, Brother Benito, for years, we put effort, time, and energy into that leader or teacher's work. And that teacher or leader was calling, son, but us was broke. That's right. The minute we stepped away and put the power back for ourselves and started using our magical powers, we started improving our life financially, mentally, physically, spiritually, and the whole nine. So we know that from experience, when we share this on the show, we're not just talking to sound deep. We've done the actual process, and we've done the work, and we've seen it manifest. However, what I can tell you is when you do magic, for one second, do not think that some higher energy, let's say Oshun or something, is going to just bless you with a million dollars because she's the great Oshun. You've really taken a higher energy vibration, and you're dropping it down to mortal mundane bullshit. Really, it doesn't right. work like that. Right. But you wanna, you know, I've talked. They wanna, oh, it does work like that bullshit. It does you got, not work. You like gotta, that. you gotta play the, you gotta play the lotto after the Oshun ritual, brother. Yeah, yeah, but look, real quick, brother, on Ravana Noon, to stay on what you were just saying, there's, a, there's an excellent point when you're talking about working the magic, and, and like you said, it's not a, a fix-all problem, because the first step was, to back up, like you said, when we went through that process ourselves, the first step is recognizing what the mistake is, and one thing we never did was we never blamed anything. We never blamed Whatever mistakes we made, we never shifted that blame to anything or any others, okay? So we, the one thing that we always, when we came to the realization when things changed was when first we took the responsibility and said, okay, we had to take that power back. And it was all part of the experience, okay? Um, one of your brothers, somebody's typing in. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe it's my phone. Somebody has an echo on the phone. I, I think it's yours, Ravonna Noon. Because I hear it sometimes when it's when you, when you come in, so I don't know if you guys are in an area, but just be conscious of that. Um, but anyway, um, when the change happened again, even though we might have belonged to uh, an organization for a long period of time, we never blamed anybody for that. That was by our choice. So I want I want to make that crystal clear. So first step is you never blame anybody for any of your problems or your issues. You take full responsibility for that, regardless, because that's one thing why mentally people can't get over the hump is because they always want to shift the blame to something outside of themselves. Again, nobody, if nobody forced you, twisted your arm, put a gun to your head and made you do something, then you, you take full responsibility for that. If it wasn't done against your own free will, now you can get into the mental aspect of it, but you were still projecting an energy that might've got you trapped in a bad situation. Because people would say, well, I wasn't wise enough at the time, or I didn't know any better. It's not that you weren't wise enough at the time or you didn't know any better. It's just you were projecting a certain energy, and you attracted that energy towards you, and that's what got your ass in the situation in the first place. So it starts there. The magical aspect of it, to show you how the mind operates and functions, and, we, and, and like Ravonna Noon said, we get thrown off with these terms when we hear 
magic. You Like he said, for an example, you might visualize a pentagram and candles on the floor. Um, you might hear terms such as witchcraft or pagans. Let me give you an example real quick. Speaking of that word real quick, I'm going to uh, a very short three-line paragraph. And this is taken, you could go look this up yourself. This is taken from Buckland's complete book of witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. Because here's another term people hear and get spooked the fuck out with when they hear the word witchcraft, magic, and pagan. Now, let's use this word for an example to show how the subconscious mind and the intellect works and how you can over-intellectualize certain things. Now, let's be real. When you hear me say the word pagan, I'm going to say it again, pagan. What is the first program definition that comes into your mind? You all start attributing that with something negative. Don't, don't bullshit yourself. Don't try to sit there and play around it. When you hear that word pagan, you automatically identify it with something that's not positive in your own perception. Well, let me, let me just read this quick. And this, this, this I find very interesting. And this is on page four in that same book that I mentioned. It says, as Christianity gradually grew in strength, so the old religion, meaning magic or witchcraft, was slowly pushed back. Back into about the time of the Reformation, it only existed in outlying country districts. Non-Christians at the time became known as pagans and heathens. Pagan, or the word pagan, comes from the Latin pagani and simply means people who live in the country. Let me say that shit one more time. The word pagan comes from the Latin word pagani and simply means people who live in the country. The word heathen means one who dwells on the heath is another word. If we say the word heathen, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? So the terms were appropriate for non-Christians or religious people at the time, but they bore no connotations of evil, and their use today is a derogatory sense, as a derogatory sense, is quite incorrect. I'm using that little excerpt there to show you how the mind works and operates, and individuals know that. So here are terms hundreds of years later that now when you hear them, the mind generates to those definitions. Just like when you hear the word magic, again, like Brother Ravana Noon said a minute ago, you think of pentagrams and candles. And then he got into mental magic, okay? And you heard Brother Panic talk about that. You've heard... Uh, to an extent, in a different format, you've heard even Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum talk about the power of the mind in dealing with spiritual energy. Um, so that's very important. But real quick, brothers, maybe we could elaborate on this question here. Somebody types in, um, can we speak on manifesting things in the physical world through your dream world? And this, this, is, a, this is a very important topic or a very good question. Yes, you can. And now, is it going to be the same for everybody? No. Let's establish that, and I'm sure all my, my brothers would agree. It's not the same system or format for everybody, meaning I had somebody type me in, send me an email, actually. Well, not an email, on Facebook. They messaged me via email on Facebook and asked me, what does one have to do through spiritual magic to connect to their ancestors? I'm going to kind of tie it into this question and then let the brothers also elaborate. Now, my response to that brother, and I told him to tune into the show. I'm not sure if he's listening tonight, if he's on the show, not sure. But if he is, I told him I would address that. Um, the process is not the same for everybody. Let's establish that. That's why any one particular established system, whether it's magic, spirituality, 
any cultural system, uh, one particular diet, for an example, doesn't work for everybody, as we discussed on the show. It has a lot to do with your blood type and your DNA ancestry. So there's not one particular system or answer to that question. There's, there's a multitude of dynamics that goes along with that question. So when, when, for an example, this question that this individual types in, can you speak on manifesting things in the physical world through your dream world, I'm going to refer, if you go back to a show we did a couple of months ago with Dr. Delbert Blair, he actually spoke on this and actually gave clarification on it. Remember this. When dealing with the astral or the spiritual realm, for lack of a better word, terms that we can relate to as humans, every night you go to sleep, you technically die, okay? There's a whole other existence or a whole other functionality of what we falsely call time existing outside of what you know as physical time, which is all an illusion anyway. Now, it's also a known fact that scientists say the average person, you can research this for yourself, in a lifetime, if you live to 65 to 70 years old, you dream five and a half to six years worth of time in dreams. Let me say that again. I'm going to tell you why I'm saying that. The average individual that lives to the mid-60s to early 70s range dreams in time, what we would calculate as human time in minutes, seconds, and hours, dreams five and a half to six years worth of dreams in the dream world. Why am I saying that? You have two existences coexisting side by side with each other, whether you're conscious of it or not. Now, I used this analogy once before. When we talk about calculating time, you, you have seconds, you have minutes, you have hours. Mathematically, they don't compute. There's time vibrating in between those in, in, in proper calculated measurements of time because there's pauses between those times. Now, we vibrate on the correct density in between that gap, that or that space. This is important because every night you go to sleep and you have a dream, you contact that, that realm, okay? That's why Dr. Delbert Blair had made the comment on the show, before you go to sleep, for an example, those that might be using the monatomic goal to enhance their, you know, psychic mental powers and their spiritual connection to the spiritual realm. Uh, he said that a good thing to do is take it four hours before you go to sleep so it absorbs correctly in the body. Don't eat nothing for four hours prior to bed and take it four hours prior to bed. And it will enhance your dreams and your communication through the spiritual world. So once the, the dreams are vivid and clear, you can communicate with your guardians, your, your DNA ancestors, relatives, any individuals that are connected to you by DNA and blood, you can have that communication. Now, in a question, if you have specific things you want to manifest, if you're trying, for an example, to obtain the goal of purchasing a house and you need guidance on it, if you've got an issue in your personal life that you need clarity on from, your, from a DNA ancestor, such as a relationship issue, you can ask those questions before you lay down and go to sleep because what it does is open you up to that spiritual vibration and attracts those DNA ancestors to you. So you can definitely, most definitely, attract and manifest things from your dream world into your physical world. Now, let me say this. This is very, very, very important. Having said that, work still needs to be done. There's no, again, no snap your fingers, work all, and it happens overnight. What tends to happen, and we discussed this on the last show, sometimes people put work in on a particular thing and it doesn't happen right away and they get frustrated and then they stop staying consistent at it, and they don't do it. So 
will this work the very first time you do it? Absolutely, it may not. Some people, it, it does. But it takes consistency. It takes regular practice. It's something that you have to do on a regular basis. You can't just say, boom, I want to do it, and then, bam, it's going to happen overnight. That's very important to understand when dealing with this because this is not any any uh, fix-all or, you know, one-step solution. It takes actual work, and we had discussed this. So you definitely can manifest. And, again, when Brother Ravana and Brother Sargidi were talking earlier about the balancement in your spirituality. And it's not to focus on money because it's not about money, but money is a necessity, okay? Now, you'll find when you're vibrating at the correct frequency and you're tapping into the correct energy, if you only petition the divine consciousness for what you need, you will never not be left with what you do need. Let me say that again. And I think we talked about this on an older show, okay, if you think you're going to do some magical ritual, like Star said earlier, and then you're going to go play the lottery and hit the lottery, or you're going to do some ritual, uh, like Brother Panic said, to get you some pussy, then, nigga, there's something wrong with you. If you've got to do a, a ritual to get pussy, something's wrong with you. Okay? Think about the dynamics of that. Okay? What it's basically saying here, in, in a nutshell, and it's not to focus on money, but money is a necessity, you should have a spiritually balanced life. And I mentioned this before. If you need to get that new car, you're supposed to be able to get that new car. If you need to improve your living condition, you're supposed to be able to improve that living condition. If you need to better your personal life as far as relationships, friends, things of that nature, if you listen to what all the brothers have been saying, spiritual or ancestral magic is altering the energy around you and within you to work in your favor. That's what a true God does. God controls the forces of nature. They're not controlled by the forces of nature. And Dr. Phil Valentine, if you paid attention to what he was saying earlier, we were always in tune through our ancestral and cultural systems through a nature system that worked with nature. Now, does or does not, whether we're talking about the Orishi, whether we're talking about the Natiru, do not all these deities represent a manifestation of some aspect of nature we can go through and gather the earth, correct? Shu is the wind. Ra is the sun. These are the higher pantheon deities, not when you get to the mortal deities and the dynasties. It's not when you go back into the Odishi that Yemaya and Oshun represent the water elements. Shango represents fire. The list goes on and on and on and on. They all represent aspects and manifestations of energy through nature and creation. Magic taps you into those forces in nature and energy and shows you how to work with them to adjust them when they're out of whack. It's the same thing, for an example, if a guitar is out of tune. If a piano is out of whack, what do you have to do to it? You have to tune it up. You have to get the correct note. It has to sound right. Same thing if you have an African drum. When the drum is not sounding right, the bass may not sound right. You tighten the skin. You've got to tune it in. You understand? You have to do It's the same thing with the human mind, and it's the same thing with the soul. It needs sometimes when it gets out of whack and the energy shifts, maybe not in your favor, you have to do something to balance that out and tune it back in to your favor. You're not going to get this by professing how black you are. I hate to bust your bubble. You're not going to get this by, I don't care how much you identify with Egypt and, and how much you want to put on big-ass onks and dashikis and black power. That's great. But when do we take it to the next notch? This is one of the methods. I don't know if one of you brothers want to chime in on that. Sure, brother. 
Let's take it to the next notch. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think um, taking things to the next notch is essential once I think these individuals have discovered that nothing happens without them. Then and only then will it really work in their favor. But, like, all the points you hit is very important because I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding on what this occult magical stuff really is. People, I think, enter this as a last resort, so to speak. And you know what I mean by that. I mean, they've tried everything else, so this is the last shit they're going to try before they give it up. And then they come in there and they bring all that into magic and expect some great results. But take it up to another notch. Really, seriously, it's just having to deal with your own shit and then really learning your own stuff. What I mean by that is, okay, Brother Benici could, like, let's say he could use a certain rhythm or a certain chant to get him into the zone to do some magical work. I can't do that same work because I have to find out what works in my perspective, what vibration, what frequency, what tone works in my perspective. So though we're doing similar work, it still will have variation. The problem is that people are doing things and they're only doing it one way, so they're stuck at one knot. It's just the traditional knot. They're only staying in that tradition and never exercising their willpower to find what works best for them. Brother Beniti, he, he like he has his own personal style on what he does every day to get into that zone, whether it's walking, whether it's certain herbs, whatever the case is. I have my own. And we cannot go out and tell you all out there, you have to do it this way. Because if you do it this way, then, you know, it may not work for you. Then who are you going to blame? <laughs> You'll blame us. Because you, we told you, and that's not what it's all about. What it, this show is all about is to find your zone. Find what works best because if you don't, you're going to get stuck in a lower notch. What I mean is last week, I don't know how many people caught this last week, but it's funny, Brother Benita, you see the magic and how it works from show to show, right? Last yep. week, we had people busting out the scene to listen to the show. Right. This week, we had people that weren't busting through the scene. Now, right. what I'm saying that is, is very interesting because one thing that Panic said last week, his brother was asking him a question. And then Panic said, well, are, you know, it came around where the brother was still doing Yoruba. And Panic said, well, that's the problem right there. Now, some of y'all may take offense to that because you're stuck under a system and you think that this is all, all rise, right, and exact, holy, mighty, only one for all mighty system, Right. Well, that's the problem right there, and I think people miss that, because when you're stuck under a system, there's a tradition you follow, and you really can't think outside of the box of that tradition. You have to do it just like this, and that right there is stifling your creative energy, stifling your creative mind to find what resonates with your spirit. So... What could work for, let's say, okay, you, you want to propagate to uh, Okun, and you're trying
you have to do it just like this. You have to get this, this. You have to get these herbs. You have to get these animals. You have to get this, that. Now, you have to go to a Bible hour, the Santero, the high priest, or whatever the case may be. At what point do you become the high priest? At what point do you become the initiator and creator of your existence and every aspect of what you do? So you have to sit back and say, well, damn, if I am under a system, that means that I have a certain a system of belief, I have a certain set system of superstition, which all leads to what? Religion. So how magical is it really? The magic is starting to water down itself in a lot of these traditions because it's become a religion. So you get stuck at a notch that never lets you elevate past that. The only thing I can share is that to raise up that notch, you have to experiment. If you're not willing to experiment, if you too pushed or scared to experiment, don't don't get into this. Please don't. Because the only thing that's going to happen is it might backfire on you. Because you, you're too scared to try anything. And you shouldn't be scared to try anything. Because you have to know what energies work, how they work, which ways they work. Some people are under the impression that all these energies are just going to be nice and they're going to love them and, oh, they're so beautiful. Bullshit. You got to understand that sometimes you have to feed certain of these energies. Certain of these energies require you to feed them. Okay, they require, and I don't mean feed like just offering shit, sacrificing shit. No, I mean offering, I mean feeding from you. Certain things that control you, you have to know how to balance that out in your life. And if you don't know how to balance out certain the energy, then you, you do two things. You end up repressing, which ends up suppressing, which then leads to illicit behaviors. Because when these things are repressed and suppressed, they only, only increase in magnitude of strength when it comes back. So when it comes back, it's going to come back two, three, four, tenfold, and then it's going to affect you to the point that you're going to react off of it, and you're going to possibly do something that could lead you to a dangerous situation. And a lot of that happens because in these traditions, things are repressed or suppressed. And it's just like any other system. Everything has to be good or bad or beautiful and nice and bullshit. You got to learn how to work with dark energies as well as light energies. They're all simultaneously existing because they're all simultaneously the same thing. So if you're not willing to do the work, not willing to experiment, you're going to stay at a lower notch. You're never going to increase past that. And that's a good point, brother, because one thing you said, back up a quick minute, you know, these energies, and and we keep focusing on that word, they are energies, and they manifest, and the power of them and how they're absorbed in the DNA varies depending on what type of energy one contacts. Now, remember, when you're working with your DNA and your ancestry, remember, everything connected to you, for lack of a better word, is not positive because you're going to encounter some energy that might be a little adverse and challenging that you have to work with. But remember, you cannot elevate, or, or, or the term we used a minute ago, as you said, or take it to the next notch if we don't address everything that we fear. So what we fear subconsciously is actually what keeps us 
not getting to that next level. And that's within the subconscious. I'm not talking about what you're conscious of, because you might be listening to this and say, well, I'm, there's nothing I don't, I don't fear. You know, there is something you fear. There is, and when we say fear, we're not talking about fear, terror. There is something emotionally, there is something that you can't overcome, whether it's, uh, you know, a family issue where, where you, that, that had trauma or an impact on your life, whether it's an event in, in, in a past life that you're not consciously aware of. You do, you do have issues that you can't get over or fear or that block you or get you back. The only way, and that's why we use the term when we had Dr. Valentine on in the beginning of the show, first question I had asked him was the necessity and the importance of reprogramming the subconscious. You've heard us say that multiple, multiple times over the weeks for the very fact because it's hard to get this energy and information across when we're dealing with mindsets that have been exposed to so much negative shit for so many years. Now, most of us listening to this radio show at some point or other, we all didn't just come out of our mother's womb at this highly level of consciousness we're at now. Uh, Some of us, or majority of us, probably came through some religious schools of thought. We probably came up as Christians, Muslims, or Jews. Uh, Some of us may have came up through nothing, but we were still influenced by society and misinformation, and we got indoctrinated by the different levels of schooling we went through. Um, This all plays an influence on perception. So now, as we're trying to talk about magic and break down spiritual energies, we got to penetrate layers of that bullshit so it can absorb in the subconscious. Now, a lot of that has affected us subconsciously, whether we're aware of it or not. That's why when you hear us say over the weeks, Uh, We gave a couple of different rituals you can do to tap into the subconscious to find out just what that is. Because the next question is, you can't come to nobody and say, well, what is it that it is that's blocking me? Again, only you know that. That's why if you go to somebody that does, quote, unquote, a spiritual reading for you or a spiritual consultation, that's fine. But that spiritual reading or that consultation should be used as a guideline or a roadmap to get you to what you need to know. But if you go into a spiritual consultation, I tell people this, and you heard Panic say this, you heard Ravana Noon say this, people tend to not know the difference between the two, okay? There's two, they're two completely different things, and they serve two completely different purposes. But we always hear us say, these are just things that enhance our spirituality. We shouldn't become dependent on them, because at the end of the day, if you can tap into the subconscious mind, you have access to the answers to anything you need to know in the universe. And I like the term my brother used earlier, mental magic. That's a whole other level of magic that we haven't um, even touched on. Um, we got some questions, brothers. If you want to take some questions off the Internet, we're getting some questions on the Internet. You want to go take some questions? Can you brothers hear me? Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. says, my question is, this is Lady Dragoness typing in, and then uh, we're going to go back to the phone because we still got quite a few people on the phones. It says, my question is, I understand that this is new and experimentation is part of it, but isn't it better to learn from someone who has clean intent? Uh, there's actually three parts to this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm new in this whole energy. Hold on one second. I got some feedback here. It says, I'm new in this whole, I'm sorry, I'm new in this whole journey and learning as I go along. Well, don't want to harness the wrong energies either. This is why I listen to what you guys and others are saying, but still do my own research and learn it. I'm just going to real quick. I think you kind of answered your question at the bottom. 
um, and then I'll let my brothers chime in. Um, what we're saying, again, it doesn't mean you can't learn from somebody. That's not what we're saying. Now, one thing I want to address, you need to be cautious of, there's a term that you use at the end of your question, to learn from someone who has clean intent. Well, if the mind isn't developed, how would you really know that person has good intent or is spiritually correct? You really wouldn't know that unless your higher senses are developed and your subconscious mind is working for you. But then again, you wouldn't need that person if that was working. So here's the thing. Your intuition eventually will kick in if your frequency is correct and if there's a negative vibe on that individual, you'll, you'll definitely be aware of it. So let me say this. Okay, in your case, and you're, in, say, a newer, newer student on the spiritual path. Yes, you do need guidance. It's not saying, again, you can't study under teachers or elders. But what we've all been saying it has to come to a point when you have enough of information where you can start or continue that spiritual journey on your own. Meaning, if you're working with an individual who is uh, doing spiritual rituals with you to clear your paths, okay, that's where that assistance is needed. And then you're trying to obtain things beyond that once those paths are clear. But once you have that knowledge, then you're supposed to create your own rituals. You're supposed to create your own magical things. You're supposed to create your own uh, systems that work for you. Now, the question is, there's not one right thing to tell you on that because that's going to vary from each individual. So, yes, it's okay to, to have guidance, to study up under an elder or a teacher that you feel comfortable with or maybe, like you say, you has a track record or she has a track record uh, of, uh, of, a, of a good history. But in, in saying that also, there's a lot of damn scam artists out there, especially when dealing with the Aruba and, and when you deal with the Orishi, because some of them are spiritual vampires that suck you or your money, and they constantly are telling you you need to do this, you got to pay for this, you got to get that reading done. The list goes on and on and on. So my question, yes, my answer to that question would be most, most definitely it's okay to take guidance from a teacher or elder as long as your intent is to eventually ascend and continue on that spiritual journey when you have enough information to do so. Uh, I don't know if one of you brothers want to chime in on that. Go ahead. Brother, sorry, you want to chime in? Uh, we lost him, brother. So you want to go ahead? Uh, he yeah, got sure. disconnected. <clears throat> um, definitely. Okay, well, we have to look at it like this. Definitely want to have to work with somebody who has clean intent. But like Brother Benini said, it's very difficult to gauge what is clean. Because a lot of people somewhere, somehow are tainted or messed up some way, somehow. I don't care if they're a high priest and been a high priest for years. If they have not done the work to fix themselves, then you are going to most likely subject yourself to somebody who is still has some... Still intense. I've walked the path. Benitez walked the path. We did Yodavas, all that stuff. And I can tell you that we met more crooks in there than people who actually were going to be cleaning their intent. That's right. And, and, you know, the problem is that because we have a concept, oh, well, this is our African tradition, and, you know, this is for us, and this is lovely, you know, then, you know, that's, we mess ourselves up with that because we're automatically thankful because they're African or they're, they're tribal or whatever. It's going to be right. No. People are crooked regardless of the situation you go to. The, the real thing I would suggest is make sure your intent is clean. 
Because if your intent is clean, you draw to the person you need to direct you or guide you. But then take that a step further. You only need yourself in this whole process. Because if you still think you need somebody, that means you still are not trusting yourself to do the work. You're still needing somebody to guide you, show you the steps, <clears throat> which means you're still allowing yourself possibly, can't say you are or aren't, <clears throat> but you possibly might still be binding yourself to a tradition. And when you do that, like we said earlier, traditions have superstitions which lead to religion, and you're back to the same fold you were when you were a Christian, a Muslim, a Hebrew, or whatever else. It's no different. Because the whole aspect of the show is to trust self and master self. And as long as we still feel we have to go to somebody, whether they're in as clean or not, we are sure we're, we're basically we're, we're limiting ourselves and our potential. You can read a book. Anita can read a book. I can read a book. And all three of us will see some of the same things and see many different things. But what is important is what you get out of the book and how you apply it and practice it in your life. If you think, and I think, or all of us think that there's still secrets out there, we're mistaken. There's no damn secret in this. The only secret is you are master, and you are the master of your life. So when we are looking for people with clean intent, Let's make sure our intent is clean for, in that case, because if it is clean, you'll attract what you're looking for. But I would, like I said, I always take it a step further and ask yourself, why really am I looking for somebody to show me the, show me some steps, some ways, or some, some aspect of these things when everything is within me already to do it? I don't care who you go to. They're going to show you the same basic foundation, lighting a candle, doing a certain chant, doing a certain uh, segil, or using a certain uh, remori, you know, talisman, amulet, herbs. It's all the same. I don't care what avenue you go to. All of us have to figure out that this, it has very similar aspects to it. It's how you personally work it, how you work it, and what you do with it. That's an excellent point. And, and again, one, one thing I noticed, and, and, and we talked about this one time before, uh, again, I always say people claim they want change, but I, I still see that they want somebody else to do that change for them rather than do it themselves. Um, and then, like you were saying earlier, and to touch and to kind of finish up on the sister's question, you know, you run into, unfortunately, in that field, a, a lot of people that are crooks. Um, don't be under the illusion because, like like Brother Ravana Noon said, this person gives the outwardly appearance that they are spiritually connected, that, that you have no clue what could be going on on the inside. And when some of these people work on what they call your ashe, or which is your crown chakra, uh, you know, they can manipulate that spiritual energy. Um, especially if the subconscious mind is not functioning on its proper level. Um, so it's very, very important that you're conscious of that fact when doing spiritual work with people because, as we've said, um, we've, we've said it numerous times, if the first step in that process is to clear your spiritual path, well, if you've got an individual whose path is blocked, 
how in the world are they going to clear your spiritual path if their shit is all jacked up? Um, you'll find this out, unfortunately, sometimes by example and experience. I hate to say it because sometimes that's the only way you're going to find out because if you're thinking in your mind, well, how do I prevent that from happening? I'm going to be honest with you. If you have not raised yourself up to that vibration to detect that, you're not going to be able to only until you have the experience of it, unfortunately. But that's the reality, too, because all of our experiences are shaping our existence, too. Um, so this is a very important thing to understand. And we're not saying this to say don't work with elders, because if that was the case, we wouldn't have all these scholars and elders that we have on this show, because we, again, believe that they all bring something to the table. Um, and, again, if you go through the roll call guests we had, they all have something different to offer. They're not, they're not on really the same level. And one thing I noticed that was beautiful tonight about Dr. Valentine, he acknowledged several people we've had on the show as his, as his mentors and his elders. You heard him mention Dr. Delbert Blair, Jewel Pulkram. Um, you know, he mentioned uh, Bobby Hammett, Dr. Ben. Um, so, you know, that to me is important because that shows me that individuals don't have an agenda when they're acknowledging those that came before them, unlike certain other baboons uh, that are out there that claim that they are the all source and existence, you know, for every information that comes out of their mouth. Now, I get this other bullshit that people will say, well, you know, that's the white man's terminology when you talk about some of these topics dealing with metaphysics and magic. Well, if the white man came from the original melanated person, is that not still our information anyway? Why can't we take it and bring it back to the essence anyway? See, to me, that's a cop-out for people. And I find these are the same individuals that are, quote-unquote, using white people's information and telling you don't read it, and then putting a little African twist on it. And I can call out a bunch of shit on that. I might even waste my time and energy doing that right now. But to just give you that example, um, let's go. We got a couple people on the phones. Let's go, let's go take a couple calls on the phones, brothers, and uh, maybe we can talk to some of these people on the phone. Again, uh, when we go to the phone, I'm going to say this because I don't know if it was uh, any technical difficulties earlier when we were trying to plug some people on for Dr. Valentine. But if your phone is mute, we can't hear you. So make sure your phone isn't on mute. Please do that when we plug you in. Check it. If you're not sure, you can hit by your name. You'll see. It'll say mute. Um, so, again, uh, I see you by state. I'll call you out by state. But let's go to the phones. We got um, Brother Past Future on the phone. Can you hear me, brother? Yeah. Past Peace. Go ahead, brother. Peace. Go ahead, brother. You're on the call. All right, how y'all doing, man? Good. All right, yeah, I was just going to kind of touch on uh, what you guys were talking about as far as experimentation and getting out there and trying stuff. Um, we we talked to Brother Panic last week, and I learned a lot from uh, talking to him. Right. Because I realized that a lot of the questions we were asking, we were kind of asking him directly, does he think that we should do this? Does he think that we should do that? And really, that's not the way you should look at it, you know. Like, there's this one brother, I'm not trying to bash him, but he asked the question uh, about the altars. And first of all, he said something like, when I leave a drink out for my ancestor, do I take a sip of the, well, he said, do I, do I drink it myself? And I kind of laughed because, I mean, in, in that aspect, it's like you're, you're making an offering. So, no, you don't really drink the whole thing. You know, you're, you're offering it up to your ancestors, so you leave that out. But right. another thing that he asked was that um, he said, well, how long do I leave it? 
And then Brother Panic said, you leave it out there as long as you want to leave it out there. You leave it out there until it feels right for you. That's right. So you got to kind of look inside yourself. You know the answers. So you leave it out there until it makes you comfortable. And an example of that is, uh, so my grandfather, he used to always ask me for uh, a glass of water with crushed ice in it or a Coca-Cola with crushed ice. He always asked me that for, I mean, he always asked me for that when he was, when I was young. So right. what I would always do when I bring him up to drink, I would always take a little sip out of it before I gave it to him on the way up. Right. So I did this. I, I got a glass of water and I filled it with crushed ice. I took a little sip of it and then I left it out. And that same night I had a powerful dream about my, about my grandfather. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, you, so, you know what you just, you just said? And, and, and again, you refer to Brother Panic. And that whole situation, you just explained what you did for your grandfather. You took the sip because you were reenacting and connecting with the energy of something you continuously did. So that just actually opened you up more to that experience and connected you more to that energy. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It, it was crazy because, I mean, I don't really do that kind of stuff often, and I just really got into it after hearing um, a couple of lectures from Brother Panic on altars and stuff. And so I just tried it, and then it, it was really funny to me that I had a powerful, and I'm not talking about just a little dream. It was a powerful dream directly about my grandfather. So, and then, and then the other thing I was going to touch on is um, the magnetizing uh magnetizing things and manifesting things into your life. Um, I've always known that this was real because there will be times where I'd be sitting around, you know, thinking about one of my friends, and then I pick up the phone and call them, and they're like, oh, man, you know, I was just texting you, or, oh, I was just about to call you. You know, that that happens a lot. Right. And then uh, another instance will be you'd be thinking about a song, well, for me at least, I'll be thinking about a song or something the night before. Thinking about a song, it could have been something I haven't heard in a long time. I flick around on the radio the next day a little bit, boom, there the song is. Or thinking about a TV show, <laughs> thinking about a movie. Go through the guide, boom, there the movie is. So, I mean, like, and then you already touched on this. I was going to say something about it earlier, but a lot of people, they think the way it works is that, okay, so you just sit there and uh, visualize a million dollars for an hour straight. You sit there and think about a million dollars, a million dollars, and it doesn't work. And then right. they get frustrated and they give up. They think, oh, this shit doesn't work. Right. But that's not that's not the way it works. And you also have to push yourself in a situation to where you can actually acquire that money. That's why it's so easy to visualize and magnetize someone calling you or magnetize a song because you're putting yourself in a situation where that can happen. Good point. Yeah, it's not, and it's not. Yeah, you you can't just visualize a million dollars and expect it to appear overnight. You know, that's not going to happen. You got to put in work, and then put yourself in a situation that can allow that to happen. Good point. You want to touch on that a little bit, brother Ronald? I'm good, bro. You good? All right, brother. Well, appreciate the call, and appreciate you chiming in on that, man. Keep listening. No problem. All right, peace. All right, let's go to, uh, again, unmute your phone if I call you by state. We got somebody on the call from Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi, you're on the call. You want to ask any questions, any comments? Hello, Mississippi, you're on the call. I'm not sure what's going on there. All right, there's people. 
Can you hear me, Rhode Island? You're on the call. Oh, yeah, I got you now. I just heard a blank space for a minute. Uh, yeah, we're having problems. I'm not sure what's going on tonight, brother. How you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? How you doing, brother? Good. Everything's good. Do you have any questions or comments? Nah, not really. I tuned in. I missed, I missed Dr. Valentine, so I just tuned in to y'all talking it up. So I just been here listening. Yeah, you can um, yeah, go back and listen to the archive. When we have Dr. Valentine on, we start early because he shuts down early. He stays for about an hour and a half. So that's why um, we started at 8 o'clock and we had him till about 9.30. Um, we usually have to start early with him because he shuts down early at night. And so we try to accommodate his time frame. So we'll, we'll get him back on, but just in the future, like if you see uh, – the show posted, if you follow it on the website here, or however you follow it, uh, we, we're dead on with the time frame on him. We stay strictly to that time frame. But uh, you can go back when the show is archived, you can hear the whole show when you get a chance, brother, right? Yeah, definitely. And I still got um, I still got to shoot you that email, too. I, I procrastinated on that one, for real. Yeah, send me that, because I'm going to be up that way soon. So definitely send me that email. Now, you're going to... Um, my apologies. You, do you send your email at the end of each show? Yeah, we give you contact information and email at the end of the show, for sure. I All actually, right. I got a pen now. I can give it to you right now real quick. Yeah, that, yeah, I should ask you that in the first place. Yeah, just let me know when you're ready. We'll, we'll go ahead and get that to you. Yeah, I'm good. All right, so it's K-H-N-U-M at 19 at gmail.com. So K-H-N-U-M. 19 at gmail.com. 19 at gmail.com. All right, cool. Thank you for that. All right. No problem, bro. Appreciate you listening. No problem. Have a good night, guys. All right, no problem. All right, brother. Let's go back. Uh, and uh, we got another question. Um, how much did Dr. Valentine touch on the Celts being of African descent? Uh, kind of want to ask about this and move on to another topic. Um, he didn't really touch on it. Um, one of my discussions or one of the discussions we had with him before we did the show was I kind of wanted to get into some, some of that tonight, dealing with magic and dealing with some of those uh, systems. Uh, but obviously time didn't allow us to do that because, again, when we had Dr. Valentine on, uh, we're on, we're on a limited time frame with him. Um, what he did mention, though, briefly, and we could touch on it a little bit, and I'm sure my brothers have, uh, this is our field. I mean, this this is my field of study. Kind of what I specialize in is dealing with magic and and uh, spiritual magic and things of that nature. That to me, that's the core of where it's at and things we need to do to take us to that next level. But, but he basically threw in a couple of times. If you listen, or go back and listen to the archive show when it posts, he mentioned the Celts and the Druids twice as being African or melanated. Now. Some people don't really know. You might have heard that before. Like, yeah, I heard that before. But some people don't really know the systems that those cultures practiced and the origin that they came from. Because, in essence, this is our spiritual science and kind of taps into everything we've been talking about tonight. And it's kind of one of the aspects of many that we need to really work with to change things for us. And that's why one of the things we had posted to Dr. Valentine was, you know, when do people, when do we get to that next level? Because, you know, we're constantly talking about the problem. We know what the problem is. We can sit here all night and talk about all the problems and why we've gotten to where we're at today. We know this. The problem that we have going on moving forward is a continuation of that problem is nobody's putting any solutions in, in, into practice. Now, this is this is the practical solution us brothers 
have been offering the whole time we're doing this show is by doing the spiritual work. We've given many different examples. We've pushed people in many different directions. We've given you many different sources to look into, to study, to research. We've shown you different examples. We've talked about a multitude of cultural and magical systems you can look into, all to say the fact that you still have to pick and choose what works right for you. The problem is you can't turn to somebody and go, well, what is it I need to do to take it to the next level and think that one individual can sit you down and show you that step by step. So that's kind of, you know, how we have to look at it. I don't know if your brothers want to chime in. or Sargidi, I see we got you back on the call, brother, if you want to chime in. Oh, no, you still I'm good, brother. I'm good, You're brother. Good? You can... Yeah. Okay. I'm just brother Ravana. Right now. Gotcha. I don't know if you want to add to that, brother Ravana. Yeah. Um, basically, it, 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 like you said, it comes down to finding what works best for each individual. There is no one person or one tradition or one solution to all of this. All of us are unique vibratory beings. All of us. We can all, let's say we all like the same kind of music, but each of us feels it differently. Each of us will move and express ourselves differently to that same kind of music. And that is exactly how magic or the spiritual work really is. It's all of us may be doing similar things, but each of us will express it and feel it different. And when you find that which you feel, which you resonate with, that causes you to to feel uh, ecstatic, a transcendental state, let's say, you work with it. You work with it until you figure out exactly how to make it replicate itself as many times over. Because as uh, I was speaking to Brother Sar about this earlier today, the main aspect of all of this is to reach an altered state of consciousness that allows you to affect this physical plane of existence you're in. The shamans create an altered state of consciousness. When you're doing Yoruba and you're doing the dances of the Orisha, you're going into an altered state of consciousness. This is what they call writing the back or, you know, illicit term of possession, which is bullshit. But, if, you know, you basically get mounted or you feel that incarnation, so to speak, if you want the more mystical term. You're incarnated. And the problem is that we think that if we don't do it a certain way that we can't get into these systems or these, these uh, I mean, we can't get into this next level of consciousness. No, it's not about that. It's about finding what works best for you. What worked one day may not work the same the next day. I know from my personal experience, I did something one day and tried to replicate it the next day, and it was bullshit. It didn't work. So I knew right then and that this was a one-time experience, and it, it was meant for me to absorb what I was supposed to at that time, so I have to move on and find something else. A lot of times, you, we get um, frustrated in our practice because we're not seeing the results the way we want it. But it's right when that very moment you get the most frustrated, that very thing that you get frustrated about, if you just held on a little bit, it starts to manifest and work itself through. Mm, so it's just right. finding what resonates and works with you 
is this is what it's all about. It's just finding what is best for you. We're going to keep saying that because people always ask us the same thing. Well, how do I work with Obatla? Well, how do I get Oshun to do this? Well, how do I get Shiva to do this? You can't get him to do a goddamn thing. Really, if you look at it, what you are doing is allowing the energy that exists within you to work and manifest something for you. Right. To make it happen for you. That's an excellent point, brother. Uh, this is a good question, brothers. I'm going to take this one from offline. I know, I know your brother's going to have something on this. Uh, we got Sister Vera Courtney listening to the show. Uh, again, if you don't got the sister's book, we're going to plug her in real quick. Definitely. Check her book out. She's been on our show a couple of times. Um, the Age of I Know, Unmasking the Magicians, uh, kind of dispelling the myths of religion, the Bible, getting into the Anunnaki and the higher sciences. So definitely check check that book out and get it on Amazon. Uh, she types in a question, brothers, and you know I definitely got to touch on this, and I know Brother Mark. She, uh, the question she types in, to what degree do you brothers find that our skin, and I'm assuming she's saying skin melanin, if I'm wrong, sister, type in, but I, I, I believe you're alluding to the skin melanin, has clouded our abilities to reach the higher realms. Um, if if that's what you're referring to, let me address this because I, I and I'll let you brothers chime in. Okay, that is what she's asking. I got a, a funny ass, and I talked. To, I was talking to Ravonna Noon about this the other day. Last week, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I got a funny post on this. I had made a post. Um, this light skin, dark shit, let's address that shit, because some, some, some Negroes are still caught on that. Um, some people feel in your spiritual evolution or your connection to your spirituality that if you're darker, that means you're more spiritually connected, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to show you that's completely not fucking true at all. And I'm going to explain to you why using science and metaphysics. See, that's also another self-hate system amongst us because let's keep this in mind amongst our family when we say the melanated family that includes people from the caribbean that includes latinos that includes some of asian races some races in northeast africa the list goes on and on and on everybody from a physical standpoint dealing with melanin pigmentation on the outside will vary in degrees and i'm going to show you why Dealing with the neuromelanin, let's talk about this real quick, and I'll show you why. That has one, they're two separate entities, and one has nothing to do with the other. Okay, you heard Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum say on this show, and I believe it was the last time he was on or the time before, regardless of the skin pigmentation on the outside of the body, each melanated person has the ability to produce the same level of neuromelanin regardless of what their skin pigmentation is on the outside. Now, that's important to understand because if your, if neural melanin is the manifestation of the electromagnetic spectrum and taps you into all those frequencies and energy, that is the important of the two. It also coats every organ in your body, from the heart, the kidneys, the liver, etc. It is the spiritual conductor that resonates and vibrates through your DNA and connects you into spiritual consciousness. Now, don't cloud that for the level of light or darkness of skin pigmentation that manifests on the outside. What that simply means is some individuals genetically absorb more light than others do. Therefore, for an example, as we talked about on the show, 
a dark-skinned person actually needs to stay out in the sun longer to recharge its physical melanin because they absorb more melanin and they, and they burn it and assimilate it in their DNA quicker than a light-skinned person who only needs to stay out in the sun on average 20 to 30 minutes a day. Now, this does not correlate in any way, shape, form, because I've explained this to the jackass that sent me to post and stop posting because don't claim you know metaphysics and you're dealing with the physical bullshit because then i got to call you out on it. How are you going to be a metaphysicist and you can't go internally and explain this shit correctly? I sat down, Brother Rabana Noon, and sat down with Sargiti. We've had drum circles, and I've watched the darkest of Negroes sit down and try to play the drums, and they ain't got no rhythm. Now, what does that tell you? That's not their physical melanin or soul that they're not in tune with. That neuromelanin is blocked. That pineal gland isn't vibrating on the correct frequency. So there's something out of whack, out of sync there. Now, I've watched also uh, a Latino sit down or somebody of mixed descent get on the drums and play with complete more rhythm than somebody that was dark-skinned. So we got to cut this bullshit out because one person is this level of melanated on the outside, the other one is darker. See, that's another self-created racism within ourselves that we keep using against each other. It's a bunch of garbage. Now, if you don't agree with that, that's your business. I couldn't care. Bottom line is when we're going to deal with science, that's the fact. Because if you need your ego and your blackness, you understand, to validate how, to, how in tune you are spiritually, then you're no different than anybody that follows any of these man-made religions out there because we're not dealing internally with the spiritual. Now, myself, and uh, except for Sargidi, who was about as black as night, um, myself, I'm a, I'm a fairly light-skinned, melanated person. My brother, Ravana Noon, is Latino, as you heard him say, from Puerto Rico. So we can attest to the, to the bullshit that we have dealt with over the years but at the end of the day, when you attack it from a scientific perspective, people ain't got shit to say. Because you know what that is? Long story short, those individuals need another element to stroke their ego and make themselves feel good. That's all. So I wouldn't feed too much into that shit. Um, brother Ravon, I don't know if you want to chime in on that, but go ahead, brother. That's all bullshit. That's what it, no, let's, let's, let's this whole dark skin, light skin thing is, is irrelevant at the end of the day. Big time. At the end of the day, all of it is irrelevant. Because I'll give you an example. Me and Asar were speaking about earlier today. It's funny. This, this shit has this shit syncs up. It synchronizes. But we were talking about this like right before the show. How there used to be this dark skin brother here in Florida who used to hate on myself, brother Nisi. To the point that he was like, oh, you know, if, if they want to do battle with magic, my my nine ether magic, that bullshit wiping, my nine ether magic is stronger than their little seven or six ether magic. Uh, listen to this. My nine ether magic is stronger than your seven ether or six ether magic. It really makes no sense at the end of the day because when you really think about it, who's not mixed on this planet? Well, who's not mixing this Western world called the United States of America? Just about everybody's mixed here in this country. I'm sorry for the people who want to be pure, you know, thoroughbred black. It's not, it's very small. It's very small chance that you're not mixed. Some form of Caucasian, Native American or something. So get over it. Oh, brother. Get over that shit. We don't. were pure-blooded, non-Ethiopian, brother. No. <laughs> yeah, get over it. 
at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If a person is in tune, their DNA is connected to their ancestors, and they have that energy passed down from their ancestors for generations, and their ancestors dealt with things like that, they can have more magical ability, so to speak, than the darkest midnight brother. That's right. Get that. That has nothing to do with it. Like Brother Benini said, I have personally witnessed a light-skinned Puerto Rican brother slam the hell out of the drums, bang them drums in ways that a dark-skinned brother straight from Africa couldn't even do. And were and these people were amazed, but they forgot that Puerto Rican brother has African ancestry in him. No matter how light or whatever, it's in there somewhere, and somewhere along the line, they got activated. And all you need is that energy to be active, and you can do anything. So, That's correct. You know, at the end of the day, we get stuck in dark skin life, you know. Oh, you know, uh, dark skin, dark skin men, and this and that. Well, you know, how come? Let's just let's 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 just. I'm going to fuck around with this shit for a second. How come all you dark <laughs> brothers who are so dark, mostly with light-skinned women? Shit but yeah, you're so pro-black, and you're so pro-black and dark and beautiful and black and beautiful, but 90% of y'all fools are with light-skinned women. So, at the end of the day, you're just as hypocritical and contradictory as the average person on the street. You're full of shit. Because if hey, you look black and you love darkness, then why isn't your mate your complexion or darker? Why are they using well, light skin? Or as they say in the hey, stop brother, that you're with. Hey brother, hey brother, and what and what about the one that one woman that's on you know, our friends list, you know, I, I you know, she's very, very, very light skinned with blue eyes and you have Muslim brothers trying to holler at her. Yeah. And be on that pro-black well, RVG stuff. Well, well but, but brothers, is that not a reflection on the outside of what they're internalizing on the inside? Exactly. Is that not? Is, now is there a reflection? Yeah, <laughs> let's, 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 let's take this into account. Let's look at Dr. Phil Valentine this evening. Okay, Dr. Phil Valentine is from the Caribbean, but he can pass for Latino. He can pass for mixed. But you know why nobody cares about that? Because the information that he teaches resonates through everybody's DNA. See, if you're projecting a certain energy, that, that, that shit is irrelevant. But you never heard anybody really, really, really go at it hard on that level because you know what? When you deal with metaphysics and science, there's simple explanations for that. But as you go back to the very beginning of the show, like Brother Ravana Noon and we were all saying earlier, if you over-intellectualize some shit from a physical standpoint, then you're going to get yourself jacked up. And at the end of the day, it is all irrelevant. You either tapped into the spiritual energy or not. Now, if you got your own personal hangups and your own likes and and what you need to visualize, but see, some people will use that for a game because we've witnessed this in many spiritual movements, organizations. We witnessed it, we witnessed it in the Nuwapians. There's niggerism in everything that you do because some of them can't take that niggerism out of their DNA. And remember, you got some individuals, and, and we talk about this all the time, brothers. You got some individuals that come into these groups and organizations. They were con artists, hustlers, scammers. Now, what do you think that makes them when they get information? It's going to make them a better con artist, a hustler, a scammer. They're going to be even more crafty and intelligent. So some people will use that bullshit. Like I've watched brothers use that light skin shit against sisters um, and, and use it to kind of, 
prep them and control them. And it's the same process that you'll get brothers who do this when they're all on that, the black woman is God, the black woman is God, blah, 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 blah. And I had to rip somebody a new asshole on Facebook with that same rhetoric, and this is a prominent individual that belongs to a black organization, and I simply pose the question, if that's the case, then all you Negro men need to sit the fuck down and let the females teach. And then all of a sudden I heard crickets and shit. You know why those brothers say that shit all the time? They ain't got no problem admitting it. Because we did it at one point, too. They say that shit because they're just trying to get to your sister's pants and prep you with, yeah, the black woman's God, the black woman's queen, rather than just be a man and you on the hunt for the booty and just be done with it. But don't use your shiftiness and hide behind spiritual consciousness. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a good terminology, brother, the hunt for the booty, brother. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying it's the same mental system They'll use that same thing, and they'll do it with the light skin, dark skin shit. They'll do it with the prepping the female. It's a system that they use because they have a personal agenda. That's it, bottom line. So I'm the worst Negro to come out with with that black woman is God shit because I believe we need both energies to walk side by side. It's a masculine and feminine principle that's needed. One recharges the other. But since I'm on that viewpoint and I take that stand, and I know my brothers do too, I'm talking to the Negroes that constantly on Facebook and on YouTube, the black woman's God, the black woman's God. Well, I don't see a representation of what you're saying in any of your organizations or movements that you belong to. As hey, hey, the, the black yeah, woman is God, and I'm, I'm the son of segment, brother. Yeah, there you go, brother. There you go, brother. That's what it's about. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, I wouldn't even get caught up in that nonsense just if uh, – Somebody had uh, asked that question or you overheard it. That's how I would address the question. Um, and at the end of the day, if they don't like it, fuck them. I mean, but at the end of the day, we're not here to please people. Let's get that. Let's not get our personal emotions clouded on the job that we need to do, which is teach and educate. And in doing that, not everybody's going to like you. So if, this is not a, a, a big business to be liked because you're in the wrong field. Because when you teach the truth, people are going to want to attack you. People are going to have you know, adverse comments to what you say. And that's fine. That's their opinion. They're entitled to that. And I have no problem with that. I don't expect everybody to agree with what we say week in and week out on this show. That's your business. But it is my choice to say if you don't like what we're saying, then simply don't come on our Facebook pages. Don't come on our YouTube pages. Don't, don't listen to the show. But apparently if you keep coming listening to the show and hitting us up through all these social media, there's something we're striking within you. There's something that's resonating within you that you feel the need to constantly reach out to us. You can't, on the one hand, be constantly trying to fight and be adverse to it, and then on the second hand, you constantly want to be a part of this. So you got some internal war going on, brothers. But anyway, having said that, I don't know if you brothers want to give some closing statements to things since we got on the air real early. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and shut this puppy down. I think we covered a lot tonight. Um, so I don't know if you brothers want to go ahead and uh, get your contact information, close out, et cetera. Go ahead. What wants to go first? Sure, sure, brother. This is Ravonna Noon. This is Ravonna Noon. You can reach me at Ravonna Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, Outlook.com. You can also reach me at Ravonna Noon on Facebook. Also, Shadow Warrior on YouTube. Uh, it's fun like always, y'all. But I thank you.
y'all starting to realize more and more as you listen to the show that we're not a lot. I mean, we're not about a lot of the bullshit that is constantly serviced, entertained, and utilized within the conscious community or any crap bullshit out there. We're not about any of that. We're about doing the work. And if you're not doing the work, at the end of the day, after you're done saying what you got to say, I'm going to say, well, dude, have you done the work? Because if you haven't, then you're just philosophizing and intellectualizing and you're bullshitting. Me and everybody else, you're bullshitting. Because you're trying to sound deep. And at the end of the day, I know you ain't done no work. Why? Because what you're saying does not make sense. Because when you do the work, you see the shit and you know the shit and you realize the shit and you internalize the shit and you feel it on a whole nother level. If you're still intellectualized, you ain't done no work. And that goes for all you NOI and five percenters and nation of and nation Islam and uh Nawabians, all you just intellectualizing egotistical fools who are constantly talking and have done no work. None. Because if you've done the work, you wouldn't be talking half the shit you're saying now. That's right. Do the work, get down to doing some real internalizing, real inner work, some real cleaning up of your bullshit and egotistical problems, and deal with your insecurities, and then you'll see a little change. Start seeing a little change. And then you'll start taking a little control of your life. Until then, just F up and do some work. Peace. Peace, bro. Appreciate that, brother. Sargidi. Go ahead, brother. Uh, brother Sargidi, of course. And um, you can contact me on Facebook. Sargidi, A-U-S-A-R-G-H-E-D-E. Sargidi. Or contact me on my email, A-N-W-A-R, the number 16 at yahoo.com and my closing remark is pretty much get your I mean get your shit together we we do this show because we pretty much care about the consciousness of pe- the people on this planet and I, and I say people because I'm speak we're speaking in general not just black people but humans we we care about the consciousness of this planet. Keyword consciousness. So um, we do this show as a as an extension of our love. You can say that to pretty much help everybody out, and we hope everyone gets a lot of stuff out of you know get a lot of great stuff out of this show. Pretty much. Yep. Apply. Take take what you can. Apply it. If it don't apply to you, move the fuck on. Simple as that. That's, That's all it. I want to say. Peace. Appreciate that, brother. All right, yeah, my contact info is Big Booty Smasher. No, <laughs> <laughs> no real quick, a couple quick announcements. Um, uh, and brother, I want to share. We're we're in the process of trying to set a date right now. Uh, probably uh, we were taking Labor Day somewhere around there. Correct, brother? Yes, correct. I'll have it finalized tomorrow. All right, we are going to put this out. We're going to announce it, uh, especially for people that. Can, can travel, we want to give them a window where they will be able to travel. We're going to be setting up a live lecture uh, slash class Q&A interreaction event uh, in Orlando, Florida. Um, we're going to set that up in September. Uh, again, so people that want to attend that event, because um, we do have a lot of listeners that live in other states, so we want to leave that window open. 
if they're able to attend, so that gives them time to travel and make arrangements. Um, so that will definitely be in September. We'll get the exact date for you. Uh, we will also be uh, holding events in Tampa. Uh, we already have a venue locked up in Fort Lauderdale following the September event and some stuff going on in Miami. Also, um, as you heard me tell the brother earlier, I will be up in uh, Rhode Island, and I'll be doing some stuff also back in my hometown in New York and Nassau County in the uh, Long Island, Queens area, right on the border there. There will be some stuff going on there. Um, I'll be back there for a little bit. Um, so I'll put that information out. Um, I know, Ravonna, you're going to be up in Connecticut. I'm not sure if you're doing anything up there when you're in Connecticut. Um, but I'm not really so, sure yet. Um, some of the brothers have been trying to put stuff together. So we'll All right. Well, if we do get any uh, stuff, uh, uh, you know, up there, we'll pass that information. But we'll definitely be doing stuff in, um, again, if you're in the Nassau County, Long Island, Queens border area, uh, we're going to have something going on up there. Uh, that'll probably be August. I believe that's the second week in August. I'll get you the exact date for that um, and the information for that. The event in Rhode Island, I believe that's in Warwick. Um, I got to talk to my brother Calvin, who's actually putting that class together. Um, uh, it's, I know it's right there somewhere in the Warwick area. I'll get the, I'll get the info. That's going to be actually the second or the third week in September, depending on when we do uh, the other event that we're gonna we're gonna tie in that that can we can uh, adjust that for any date we want because we have access to that to that venue whenever we need it. Um, so once we get the first the Orlando thing established, then we're gonna go ahead and do uh, something up there in Rhode Island. So I want to put that out there. And then upcoming guests, uh, I did confirm the date uh, next week. Just to remind people, we got Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum back on the show. Uh, we're gonna go a little heavier and deeper on that kundalini energy and get kind of into those sciences. And uh, to me, that's his gift and his talent that he brings to the table. Um, so we'll be talking a little bit more in depth with him about that next Thursday. Uh, and then the following Thursday, uh, no, not the following, 30th, we'll be doing the show ourselves. Um, and then the first week in August, uh, we're going to have on uh, Brother Panic's going to be back on August 6th. Uh, and, and as you know, Brother Panic enjoys coming on this show, loves the energy, and we love having him on. Uh, the topic, I just want to prepare everybody for it now. Just just get this in your head. We're going to be talking about this is the topic because I, I still feel people are spooked the fuck out with this topic, so we're going, to, we're going to take the spookism out of it. The topic is going to be do you really know what black magic, witchcraft, and Satanism really is? We're going to go in deep on that. We're going to get into the dynamics of it, and I know you'll leave that show looking at that in a whole different perspective. It's not what you thought it was, regardless of what you think you might know. But we're going to go in a little bit heavier on that specific topic. That will be on August 6th. And as you know, we have a regular rotation of guests. And, again, if you in the future, keep in mind, I want to remind people, I know some people came in late and had uh, missed Dr. Valentine. Uh, again, when we have Dr. Valentine on the show, we've had him on a couple of times now. Uh, he likes to come on early because he shuts down early um, based on his work schedule. Um, so we started at 8 o'clock tonight. So I did send communications out on that, and it's very rare if we have a special instance like that. We try to put that word out over a week in advance, which we did. Uh, if some of you all didn't get it, I apologize for that. I'm not sure why. But uh, just keep a mental note in the future when we have Dr. Valentine on. You need to get in here early, 8 o'clock. Because um, we start early and he stays for about an hour and a half. Um, so if you came in late and you missed the show and the stuff we were talking about with Dr. Phil Valentine, uh, as soon as this show is done, it, give it about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, it'll post. 
you can go back and listen to the archive show and see what we were talking about. Um, and if you missed the first time he was on, you can go back. I believe he was on back in March, time before this. You can go back and hear his other show. But we constantly have people coming on the show to kind of give you a broad spectrum, uh, and we don't favor nobody. I mean, we've, we've even had white authors on this show. Some of y'all were here when we had Scott Allen Roberts on, a uh, prominent author. We had Ralph Ellis on to show you that's what this is about. Um, my contact information uh, on Facebook, it's Beniti Amunray, uh, B-A-N-I-T-I-A-M-U-N-R-E. That's my personal Facebook page. Again, do not send us pictures of you meditating, sitting on rocks and shit and, and bathing in the ocean. I don't care to see that shit. I just delete it. That's personal. Um, don't ask no ignorant-ass questions, and you won't give no ignorant-ass responses. Um, you can also go to our Facebook radio page for the show if you got any questions for any of the brothers. If, you wanna, uh, if it's show-related, we suggest you kind of go to the show page. You can type them in. Brother Rabana Noon, who runs that page, I'm sure he can get back to you quicker than anybody can. Um, you can go to the radio page and type in any questions you might have about the show, uh, suggestions, comments, whatever. Go to the um, Waking Universal Minds Facebook page. You can also stay updated on everything that's going on the show on that page. It tells you what upcoming guests we have. Um, you'll see posts by all of us brothers on there. Um, uh, Brother Ravana Noon usually puts something new on there every day. Um, and, again, don't put no ignorant stuff on there either because he'll delete it. Uh, we don't have time for that. Uh, my YouTube page, Mother Nubia Inc., two words, Mother Nubia, and then I-N-C. Um, I post a new video on there every week on a different topic. Again, there's probably now going on 40 videos on there. I uh, appreciate all the hits and the supports and people that have carried from that page over to the radio show. Definitely appreciate that. Um, and also you can go on to the Mother Nubia Inc. Google page where all the radio shows and the link to the radio shows, they're also archived on all the Google pages. Um, if you need to contact me personally by email, uh, khnum19 at gmail.com. And if you are interested in getting all three of us brothers together to do a class via Skype or Hangouts, uh, contact us. Let us know. We'd definitely be willing to do that um, as long as you organize it and facilitate it. Um, we would definitely be willing to do that. So that's another thing we want to start doing, but it's got to be can't call in on the show, so we do that out in the Virgin Islands and some other places over there. So if you are interested in, in getting a class via Skype or Hangouts with us brothers, you can definitely do that. Just contact us at any of those contacts that we just threw out there, and I'm sure uh, the brothers would be more than happy to get together. And then we can interlate, we can uh, dialogue with you face-to-face, and it'll be a little bit more personal than it is on the radio show. So that's definitely something outside of this. So there's a lot, of, a lot of shit going on. And things will keep progressing and growing. Uh, we're going to have different venues and methods of stuff that we're going to be doing so we can contact with everybody and make that connection. Other than that, I think we covered everything for this week. Uh, again, tune in next week. Back to the regular start time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum will be back. Uh, so we hope to see everybody there. Hotep, enjoy the rest of your week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.